0: It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me
1: mad now.
0: You, know, you got a bicycle. feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit build- of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. we ride
2: riding a bicycle in this arena.
0: With my man, man, pots and Pants, Nick Macomb. That's me. I don't
2: know what the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it the to the ring.
0: Smile at you can kick your face off. I don't, know, I don't know. Here's the man! But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour!
1: Woo!
0: He don't know nothing else.
1: He <laughs> you know that wrestling but He know
0: that wrestling bro. <laughs> <laughs> give
1: me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah!
0: What is up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 268 of The Straight Shooters. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick McCone, the Philly Voice, and Philly Influencer. And we have a special bonus edition of The Straight Shooters, because we're going to do two episodes this week. One, it's going to be our normal episode, I guess, but this one is a Patreon request on a deep dive. We've been telling y'all about this for a while now. But some people, somebody has taken advantage of this. Chris Johnson, what's up, baby? We got you this week on your Patreon request. We appreciate your request, by the way. But this time, for this week, because Chris Johnson requested it on Patreon, we're going to do a deep dive on Extreme Rules from 2011, which took place May 1st, 2011, in Tampa, Florida. Chris Johnson told us that he actually attended this event, and he was... Very interesting in hearing our take and our thoughts on this show for a deep dive. So, again, Chris, thank you for your patronage. And if you want us to fulfill your requests, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash radio, and we will do that. We will take great pride in doing it, just like we're doing with Chris. And we're going to do more as well in the future for other patrons. We got you. So, head over again, patreon.com slash radio. Put your request in, and we will fulfill that request. But before we get into Extreme Rules 2011, which is wild to think that this happened almost 10 years ago, now that I think about it, but before we get into this show, I got to check in with my good brother, my main man Pots and Pants, Nick cone How you doing tonight, my good brother?
2: Hey, I'm just uh, waiting for the Eagles to finally hire a head coach, and in the meantime, uh, talk some wrestling. So <laughs> let's see if uh, during this show, if they'll we'll get an alert or something, but... We'll see. We'll see. But
0: well, if we do, <laughs> that means we got to pause this yeah. recording. <laughs> oh, and that's I gotta, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah.
2: that is actually true. Yeah, forgot about that. So, uh, oh,
0: no, so yeah, if you hear like a sudden like stop in the recording, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but I don't. I don't foresee it happening on eight thirty on a Tuesday night as we're recording mm. this day before the podcast episode two sixty eight. Yeah. Well, that's gonna be <laughs> man. Interesting. Can you imagine we hire a coach in the same day? <laughs> Man. I don't know. But if we
2: did a deep dive, well, I guess, no, we can't do that.
0: I'm not doing any deep dives.
2: Just <laughs> <laughs> say, what about the, remember that lone pay-per-view that never happened again in 2011 called Capital Punishment?
0: Oh, <laughs> what a time. Probably. R-Truth and John Cena in the main event. Yeah. What a time. But this is before that. Yeah, this is two months that that,
2: that pay per view was two months after what we're going to talk about tonight.
0: So, Rules crazy twenty eleven. So yeah, extra bonus episode. Where where were you in life, Nick, <laughs> in twenty eleven?
2: <laughs> uh oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This was a uh, not a great. I I don't want to say a great run, but it had been okay. I, I had been in a relationship for about eight months so we're kind of coming to the end around this time but i do remember uh being at my ex-girlfriend's house on this night not watching this pay-per-view live because it was during a moment in my a phase in my life where uh i just got so sick and tired of the product and wwe was really the only uh i mean tna was around uh I watched that here and there, but WWE there was no AEW. Obviously, uh, New Japan was not uh, yet, you know, in America uh, as it is today. So I didn't. It wasn't really, readily available even right. on the internet. Like, yeah, not available. even on like YouTube yeah. or anything like that. So uh, Ring of I was, was around. So
0: obviously, Ring of Honor was around, but well, yeah, it was, it was good in 2011. But like
2: even around here, though, there was no like TV for that. Uh, whatever they had, right. you know, WGTW, like they didn't show it. Uh, which was like the pro wrestling station here for a while when I was a kid. So, uh, the local station, at least, which actually Shotgun Saturday Night probably would have aired on, but they never did. Jerks. But anyway, Damn. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of like not in my big wrestling phase. Uh, took taking a little sabbatical at this point, and really. You know, I was out of college. So I'm trying to look for a job. <laughs> still trying ten years later, but uh, yeah, it was kind of like a weird time in my life. Uh, I was Ugh. living in. I was still living in PA, but uh, I would move uh, about six months after this, so to the area that I'm at now. So. Yeah, it's just like a weird Just for the record, time. you do have a job, though. You I do, do you yeah. You earn money. You <laughs> earn a living. <laughs> I do earn an income, uh, not as much as I would like. So uh, if you're out there looking for somebody, hire me. I have a resume. I'll send it to you. Email me, piconek at gmail.com.
0: <laughs> you can get that on Patreon as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll upload uh, you it. Don't, you don't have to pay party. for that. You can get that for free. <laughs> um, but uh, 2011, well, this is May 2011. So this is. Five months after Gabby was born. She was born December 1st, 2010. Uh, And I agree with you. Wrestling at this point was rough to watch. And I watched it again, obviously, for this here episode of this here podcast. And it was like, man, WWE was rough at this point. And it's been rough for a long time, honestly. But the thing that really got me reinvigorated, honestly, was The Rock. And the fact that he was coming back. I was watching here and there. Like, I will still keep a tab on it. I may not have been watching like... And, and entrenched, you know? But I was definitely watching. I was definitely keeping tabs. I remember, like, 2010 when it was Juan Cena. I remember the Nexus. I remember all that stuff. I was watching that stuff. Um, but when The Rock came back in 2011 to host WrestleMania, that was the first time I ordered a pay-per-view in I don't know how long. Like, I ordered WrestleMania. Like, I didn't try <laughs> to stream that somewhere. I didn't try to watch it over somebody else's house. I was like, no, I am buying WrestleMania, like I'm paying the money, whatever it's fifty, sixty dollars, whatever it was, to see The Rock come back, and I wish I had because WrestleMania 27 was garbage. But <laughs> you know that's what kind of reinvigorated my fandom, you know, and I kept watching, kept you know watching after um, WrestleMania, and I don't remember watching this live. I don't think I ever did watch this live, but I was watching at this point. So because this is still is wild to think about. This is pre WWE Network, right?
2: So. Mm-hmm. It would have been at least thirty, thirty five, forty dollars just to watch. It was this.
0: more it was like fifty dollars. Like I remember at least in twenty thirteen when I was buying pay per views a little more consistently. It was like fifty dollars standard definition and like sixty bucks high definition oh, for pay per Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. That's it was like crazy. it was like who would do that every month? So when the WWE network came, I was like <laughs> never yeah. ordering a pay per view ever again from WWE. <laughs> um but yeah, so I was what? A, I was 20, 22 years old. I was still in college with a baby, was <laughs> <at least laughs> five months, and I didn't graduate till uh, May twenty twelve. So I was in college for another year after that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was still in college, uh, spring semester twenty eleven, uh, and a couple just, towards the end.
2: <laughs> yeah, that semester yeah.
0: probably right before the yeah right before the end of the semester. Probably like a, another week or two left in the semester in twenty eleven. And that's when the show rolled around. But this might have been um, the first time I've watched the show all the way through um, when we did it for this podcast. So thank you, Chris Johnson, for uh, you know t- suggesting this to us because I I don't think I've ever seen the show. And but also 2011 WWE, like you suggest, as you said earlier. Man, it was tough. We're going to talk <laughs> about it. We're going to talk about all the different things uh, with WWE and just. All the different things that happened around this show, um, but um, you yeah, know, let's dig into I mean, it. Yeah,
2: my main thing was there was pretty much no brand extension at this point, and that's where you lose. No, me. you know we need that brand extension, damn it.
0: Because when did they start the super show nonsense? A little bit
2: after this, uh, I think. Like the brand, it was pretty
0: much it was pretty much dead at this point. Yeah, yeah, they I did I have a draft not 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 long before did. this because this is the first show <laughs> after WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, and they did the draft. Sure, yeah. They did the drafts. Uh, I think the week prior, and I remember that right. on this show they highlighted some of those picks. Not all of them, but they highlighted right. some of those picks. So uh, nothing really. I mean, they were both going on each show at this point. Uh, I I don't think by this time period it was technically called Raw Super Show, but we're we're not far away from that. And uh, I just I hate that as well, which compounded the. Yeah. Annoyance I felt for the actual product, and at this point I was still kind of like, "Oh, John Cena again." You know, I was in that frame of mind as well. Mm
0: -hmm. It's just they didn't have a bunch of new talent that was like, "I'm excited to see that person." And honestly, Mm -hmm. outside of a few exceptions, that didn't really happen until like 2014, 2015, 2016, when NXT started really cultivating new talent and also getting other talent from other promotions. When they finally got away from not using talent from New Japan, TNA, Ring of Honor, that's when all of a sudden they had guys like Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, you know, Red Dragon started coming in, Adam Cole, and all these dope people, Shinsuke, AJ Styles. Like yes. all of a sudden their roster became super deep, and even don't they don't utilize it properly, um, but they still have a dope, deep roster of talent. They don't like again. They don't use it properly, <laughs> like. <laughs> but they still have them there. Uh, But back in 2011, that talent, that depth, not quite there.
2: No, and Um, there was a difference where you kind of see like, okay, Morrison's in in a featured spot. The Miz was champion at this point. Uh, R-Truth would main event, and you're like, okay, maybe this is the era where they would start putting new people in those spots and keep them there. But no, it was just you know a few months, and that was it.
0: (laughs) Nope. Yeah, How it, many, a few months later, Kevin Vincent Nash Archer
2: should be did. in the main event. So,
0: oh god, oh, Triple H should be in the main event, beating CM Punk. And, <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh man, yeah, it was rough. <sighs> it was rough. I mean, yeah, Good
2: just Lord. like creative wise, so, everything.
0: Ugh. Yeah, and as I said, the, the development was bad because John John Laurinaitis is still running it, and he didn't know what the hell he was looking for with talent. <laughs> he got a bunch of <laughs> bodybuilders and tanned up people. Who I mean, they were probably technically good wrestlers. Just they just didn't know what to do with these guys. They, just, they didn't. Ah, just didn't have that juice like that. People eventually would get in years to come. Like again, Kevin Owens, like Finn Balor, like Shinsuke, Samoa Joe, and it, the guys didn't even need developmental necessarily. Like Shinsuke and Samoa Joe didn't need developmental, but you know they they recruited these guys. They brought in. Uh, Bobby Roode. They brought in uh, like again, countless guys. They even eventually guys like Baron Corbin, who was a a, a talent that they developed on their own. Baron Corbin, they they that's an in house talent. They developed even like Sami Zayn, who I know like was an indie darling, but he spent how many years in developmental before he finally got called up to the ring, main roster, and he worked without the mask. Like yeah. he, they didn't they didn't sign him to be El Generico. He became Sami Zayn you even got like cesaro and so yeah. many other guys the, the, the shield let's not forget the shield yeah. mm-hmm. you know seth rollins dean ambrose roman reigns they developed all those guys so and i know seth rollins and dean ambrose were indy darlings as well uh, but roman reigns wasn't and he's i mean he's the best he's the man right now uh, i mean all three of those guys are made men so it took some time <laughs> right <laughs> But eventually, when at least when NXT became a thing, and John Nor- John Noronidas wasn't the the guy running the talent roster, it it. But this wasn't it. 2011. They were still in the middle of that time. So yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about it. But let's get into Extreme Rules 2011, shall we? Let's let's do it. Let's start off May first, 2011. Like I said, at the Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida, which is home to the reigning defending. Undisputed, Stanley <laughs> Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, it should have been the Flyers. <laughs> uh, damn it. They, they Another so, year. So close. We were, we were number one seed, technically. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, number they, one seed.
2: And then they just ran out of gas. Like, oh, It was brutal. Yeah, brutal.
0: Damn shame. But also, for former home of the five-time Arena Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Storm. Mm. <laughs> I Ooh. knew you would know that. Uh, you, got, you know, I did. <laughs> who, at one point, were quarterbacked by a former head coach in the NFL, but now offensive coordinator in the NFL. Do you know who that is? Bruce Arias. No, Jay Gruden. Yeah.
2: That's what Jay I said. <laughs>
0: Where's he at right now? Legend. Where's he at that? now? I think he was in Jacksonville last year. Oh, I don't know okay. if he's still there because they – we uh, lead yeah, their culture of man. his duties, but um, I don't know if he's going to stay in Jacksonville. but I'm pretty sure he was in Jacksonville last year. I can look that yeah. up. But Jay Gruden, Arena football legend, co- quarterbacked the Tampa Bay Storm and then coached the, their arch arch rival, Orlando Predators, to two oh, wow. more championships. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Good was, for him. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, he's like a five time Arena Bowl champion on his own. But yeah, he's office offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. I don't know if he's still going to be the offensive coordinator moving forward but uh, so yeah that's Amelie Arena that's all I know about the building <laughs> like, <laughs> the Storm and the Lightning played there so that's it uh, this was like I said earlier the first pay-per-view after Wrestlemania and of course that was hosted by The Rock and that was, that was massive when The Rock came back yeah. and he was already an A-list superstar by that point that was a massive massive deal and that was in Atlanta uh, that would have been a dope Wrestlemania to go to in Atlanta yeah. I didn't get to my first one until two years later uh, in New Jersey, uh, but Atlanta would have been dope. But WrestleMania 27, WrestleMania 27 was, for the most part, not good. It was not good. Just flat out. So, yeah. yeah this yeah, is the yeah. first show after. This is probably better than WrestleMania, honestly.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just keeping. WrestleMania, yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I would probably not have any argument uh, to go against that, especially during this era. <laughs> I'm probably like, okay.
0: Did you like <laughs> Snooky's match? She, Snooki had a match. I totally forgot about that.
2: I probably have not watched that exactly. since it aired. I don't even think I watched WrestleMania Live that year. I mean, maybe I did because of The Rock, but um, I know it I've was one of those where I, I, stopped, I stopped recording them, and then I would wait for the DVD to come out, and then I would get the DVD used or something mm-hmm. to add to my collection. <laughs> Which is probably how I have this pay per view in my collection. I bought the DVD, you know, that's what I did.
0: Ah. Because I stopped recording them. The VCRs <laughs>
2: were out of date. The DVD, ar- DVD recorders, you know, for three hours worth of stuff. Like the quality wasn't that good. So I would just wait for the DVD to come out.
0: Hell, even DVDs were probably out of date by 2011. Wasn't Blu ray R? Yeah, out? I think I stopped <laughs>
2: around 2012, 2013 at least. Yeah, I stopped. I would still record. Uh, you know raw's smackdown tna like on the dvds and even though the quality wasn't good that was before you know they were readily available to stream you know it was obviously before the network uh, The tna stuff you know it was like never anywhere else except on like spike tv so i was like yeah, i got to yeah. i got to record it but i stopped <laughs> shortly after this yeah no, i
1: remember,
0: remember when i was obviously covering wrestling and and like when i first started in like 2013 2014 wwe was sending me dvds of like their like documentaries and like pay-per-view dvd you know dvds and i would get like i think i had like dragon rights or like the best <laughs> tv matches of the 2013 2014 something like that or like i definitely had the um war games dvd they put out and I think I had WrestleMania nice. 29, and the In Your House DVD they put out uh, a while back, and I think they had the McFoley one, and the Triple H one, and I think the one they had about, I think it was like Madison Square Garden DVD, they had a WWE Championship DVD, it was a bunch of them, and then 2015 hit, a, hit and it was like, nope, not doing that no more, because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> for what? They just put them on a, on the WWE Network, so. Um, but interesting thing about this show, it happened on May 1st, again, 2011. Well, that was the night that the t- the president at the time Barack Obama announced that Osama bin Laden had been killed. And that was obviously a massive deal. You know, you don't have to really d- dive deep into the history of who who Osama bin Laden was. We all know, or at least most people know. If you don't know, look into it. Google. He was not a good person. <laughs> yeah, he's not a good person. He's one of the main people who was named responsible for uh, the tragic of September 11th, 2001. And it took us, Daniel, 10 years to track him down, and we finally got him. So, the interesting thing about this thing was that obviously Barack Obama said announced it live to the world, and after the show, John Cena, who, spoiler, wins the <laughs> WWE Championship, uh, for the 10th time, yeah. he addressed the crowd and told the people what happened. Because, you know, you're in the crowd, you don't know, and I guess, you know, not everybody in the world was on Twitter at that point it's still 2011 uh, nowadays people would probably know like they would yeah. get alerts in their phones yeah. push alerts whatever but back then that still was Twitter was still only like two or three years old by that point so he addressed the crowd and told them the news and it was like you know it's a great day for America you know Johnson's all about America and being patriotic so at least he that's, that was part of his character so um, yeah that was, that was a big deal back in 2011 I remember watching that live when he when Barack Obama announced Mm
2: that yeah I was uh probably watching that Phillies Mets game and uh hearing it you know come over and I remember I was kind of like laying in bed and uh just kind of watching not like nodding off probably because it was kind of late it's like 10 to something. And maybe it was a little before that. I don't remember the exact time that it was stated. Um, but then, you know, the Phillies game was in Philly. So the crowd started chanting USA and the announcers started talking mm-hmm. about it. And they're like, I learned it from <laughs> ESPN. I The announcer saying it. And then obviously I think we turned it to the news. So uh, clearly, you know, I wasn't even, this pay-per-view was not even on my radar and let alone, like, the next day on Raw, I think they re-aired, you know, Cena's comments. Uh, they didn't have it mm. on the WWE Network version of this pay-per-view. They didn't, like, add it to the end of the show. Um, but no. on Raw, the next night, they had aired it. And that's where I saw, like, his comments uh, from that. So, uh, yeah, just kind of like a surreal surreal moment because I, just, I like, got chills when I was watching it on the SPN. And I was like, oh, my God, like, the USA and how... That camera caught that one person wearing the Team USA jersey of Chase, Chase Utley, and just like how, it, how like symbolic that was at that time, and I just remember, uh, just being, you know, it, it was it was a weird feeling. Like I got goosebumps. I didn't know what to think. I was like, "Is this real?" Like, you know, it almost didn't seem real because in my lifetime. It, it, a lot of my adult life, it seemed like they were looking for this guy, like they would never get him. And then I, I just was like, oh my God, I hope, I kind of hope this is true. Like, you know, it's like, that's the guy that was responsible for 9-11. A lot of us, uh, you know, really just wanted justice served. So a uh, very, very interesting night. Uh, but not like, I, I'm not even sure if the, I guess commentary didn't even mention it during the main event, so yeah, I guess they just waited till the end for Cena to say something to the main crowd.
0: Right, right. It was a big deal, so if you maybe some of our listeners may not be enough to remember, Uh, but yeah, that was a big deal back in May 1st, 2011. Uh, One thing I wrote down here before the show was that like, it felt like even though we're watching a show from 10 years ago, not much has changed in WWE from a standpoint of like some of the talent, <laughs> man. the way they shoot it, some of the yeah, production. Man. Like,
2: oh my god, it killed me, man.
0: It's some obviously some things have changed, but it felt very familiar, and it's been ten years. You gotta think if you watch a WWF show from eighty one to ninety one, t- night and day. Ninety one to two thousand one, night and day. Two thousand one to twenty eleven, damn near night and day. 2011, 2021, not that different. <laughs> it's <laughs> not night and day. No. no it's not that different. And let's look at the talent, just to start off. Because I'm pretty sure you look at the talent from 91 to 2001, and 2001 and 2011, you're not going to see the same people. <laughs> but in 2011, we still got The Miz, John Morrison, who's back in WWE. He left WWE and came back. <laughs> Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, Rey Mysterio, Big Show, and even Michael Cole as an announcer. Hell, you can go over to the other channel and that's not that's not counting people like Cena, who's often on TV but he's still around here and there but let's go to the other company let's go to AEW Cody Rhodes Jack Swagger and even Jim Ross a lot of these <laughs> same guys same people are still on TV in prominent roles and I'm not saying they shouldn't be there it's just there used to be more turnover in wrestling it felt like and I know things are different now because guys do have more longevity because there are uh, taking a better care of themselves, they're saving their money, and they're better people. You know, like yeah. where in the eighties and nineties, guys were—hate to say it—guys were unfortunately dying young, which is sad. But some guys did, lost their money. Some guys got released, or whatever the case may be. Some guys got injured; they couldn't go for that long. Somehow, these guys are hanging around. So one thing—it's like kudos to these guys for still being able to go and work at a high level for this long i mean randy orton's been around for almost 20 years in wwe it's crazy to think about but it's also like wwe like randy orton's still in main events (laughs) still like in prominent matches kofi has has transformed a little bit at least he's changed with new day and stuff like that randy orton hasn't changed that much Mm. and the miz john morrison are they really that much different not really (laughs) Sheamus, he's changed a little bit here and there. Rey Mysterio is virtually the same. Big Show is virtually the same. Michael Cole, for the better, he's changed. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but uh. even some people, some people have the same music. Like Orton, Cena, Mysterio have the same exact music, and it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just
2: I don't get it either. It yeah, I right. don't I don't understand the. Uh complacency with with a lot of this stuff and uh you know cena is kind of like the guy that you can be like okay he doesn't have to change he built that cachet uh much to the chagrin of a lot of you know wrestling fans and marks that were like oh turn him heel turn him heel but you know he withstood that stood the test of time and now people respect the hell out of him that and they want him to come back you know like it's like they want him to come back and wrestle uh, you know, here and there, because they appreciate what he brings to the table. He gets that reaction, no matter who it is. Uh, there was a lot of matches on this show that the crowd, It was like almost the beginning of me, really kind of noticing the crowds just were not loud. You know, the way they were years past. Not into and it. Just not into sitting it. on their hands during the last man standing match. There was like nothing. In the middle of the match, it was like beginning, yeah, get your entrances and whatever. And then the ending, you, you got like, you know, the ending, obviously. <laughs> In the middle, there was not like the crowd was not really into it. And that's part of, uh, you know, me feeling like, well, if they're not into it and they're, they're live there, like it's a different experience for sure when you're there live and you're probably going to be more into it than if you were watching it at home. But if, like, they're not into it, why should I be into it? You know, this is stupid anyway. Like, yeah. and, and the put my, <laughs> This put, is stupid put, anyway. <laughs> put, put myself in that, you know, frame like CM Punk and Randy Orton. Uh, they're opening a pay-per-view with a match. Like, CM Punk's leading the new Nexus, which is already kind of, like, lame at that point. It hasn't um, even been a know. year for that. Room, yeah. They're
0: already on a new Nexus. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Exactly.
2: And God. yeah, it's just it was just a weird time at the anonymous raw GM that Bruh. everyone just abided We're by. Talk about
0: that next. Uh, i will gonna talk about that next. What? How trash was the anonymous GM?
2: You know what's funny? I did not get an iPhone until the end of 2012. Nah. I did not realize that tone was from you know like a Apple iPhone or whatever. So when I first got my iPhone and I got like my first text. I was like, oh, my God, that's the Anonymous for All General Manager. <laughs> like, you that's know what's funny? Literally I don't a- think...
0: But they always had it on, like, the computer. Yeah. I don't think the computer... Can you make that sound? I don't know if you make that sound on the computer. I think I know it's on the phones. Yeah, I like, don't know. I st- that's my stuff, I've my never had a Mac. Sound, I've man. never had
2: a Mac, so I don't know. <laughs>
0: right. I don't know. I mean, I guess somebody would be like, of course you can. But, like, <laughs> I've only heard that sound on my phone, so I don't know. Yeah, it was just but funny. But that, that was awful. Yeah, and...
2: That yeah, was awful. Lights, that's when you knew, the like, they are in. out of
0: ideas. Like, exactly, exactly. And yeah, just the fact you that know.
2: you know you're letting somebody that's not even present uh, make these decisions, and it's like, well, okay, so why do you abide by them? You could just literally do whatever you want. No one's going to step in right. do anything not about there. it. So that's and it's like, part wh- why, of why do you I, have
0: to have a GM? You're so you ran through so many GM <laughs> ideas. You're like, yeah. well, how about we have an anonymous one? It's like, what? And anyway, they're were, they were essentially a heel because, like, yeah. they would chime in, the noise would go off, and then the person would read it. And I quote, and it's yeah. like, oh god.
2: Like, they, they, I guess, yeah. I
0: guess it's smart. Like, there's they, just a disembodied voice, and they had heat. Like, yeah, good job, WWE. You got an invisible person over with heat. Um just imagine, yeah, it, it just it imagine, just imagine if
2: they did that with actual people
0: they they did that's the thing they did it like Eric imagine Bishop, they could Figuero get people over they,
2: get actual people over instead of you know burying them time after time after time you literally got an invisible person over they can't get their talent over
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> right imagine if you did that with kofi Kingston in 2011 instead of an invisible person maybe you wouldn't want a wwe title before 2019 but you know maybe whatever Uh, We start off the show with, you know, they have a unique set, which is like, oh, remember those? Was it, though? (laughs) It wasn't, no, uh, no, I get you. (laughs) It wasn't that great of a set. It was just an X, essentially.
2: Literally kind (laughs) of like a mimic of their logo nowadays that they use for Extreme Rules.
0: Right, so so it wasn't great. I didn't say it was a great set. I just said it was a (laughs) unique one. It was different from Raw and SmackDown. Is that fair? That is
2: fair. I'll give you that.
0: Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say it was good,
2: no. See, I'm not saying it's Halloween Havoc ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> not even Starcade. <laughs> ninety seven. Not even Starcade no. ninety seven. No. But yeah, this no, is also no. around the time where like lights. all that production, you know, they're they're really basically using one roster now. There's no brand split anymore. They're making the ring look the same in every show. Uh, the only thing they're changing sanitized. is. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. It man. was sanitized.
0: WWE because they went PG had sanitized their product and mm-hmm. it suffered. Honestly, Absolutely, you look yep. at you wonder why the ratings dipped have steadily dipped. And I know people are like, "Well, it's TV. It's you know how people have viewed TV. There's the streaming options now, and that's true. But also, if people want to watch you. They will watch you. Like yeah. NBA ratings are still pretty good. What's we it? NFL ratings still. Good. That's because people want to see them. They want to see. It. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the streaming options. It's a pe- if you have a product that you want to see, they will. It's like you build it, they will come. Right? Like build yeah. a dreams. Yeah. If you build a dope product, the people will watch. And we talked about this pre-show before we started recording the Nickelodeon broadcast of that mm-hmm. Saints Bears at CBS broadcast, and it was a regular straight broadcast, and it had the Nickelodeon one, which was like the kitty version. It was like slime coming out of the end zones and it had different announcers, and it was and people were all raving about it on Twitter. And from what I saw, it was dope. Two million viewers. That's more than AEW and NXT get on a weekly basis. Uh, not a brand. they're on the same night, so that was all of them. But how <laughs> AEW I'm going there. I'm going there. Because <laughs> AEW, even if they're unopposed. Even if they're unopposed, and same for NXT, either show, if they're unopposed, aren't drawing two million viewers. Nah, no, maybe not even maybe not even a million. So that's my point. If they want to, it may not may not be a million. Raw's numbers are going down. Smackdown's numbers aren't great, but yet if they, the Nickelodeon broadcast got two million people, like, <laughs> how many wrestling all the wrestling shows would kill for that right now? Would murder oh, people. Yeah. Murder their firstborn for that right now. Two million <laughs> viewers, what?
2: Shane, get over here. You know
0: what I'm saying? So that's some. It's a it's a product that's in demand. <laughs> Damn, that's <laughs> I just heard that. <laughs> Shane, <laughs> but you, you catch my trip Like that's because NFL football games, such you know playoff games, obviously, are a product that's in demand, and wrestling just ain't. And it's I can probably you could probably trace it back to when WWE went PG. But not just because they went PG, it's because they sanitized their products so much. They overcorrected oh, from yeah. the TV MA days or whatever they were um, before PG. It's not like PG is the problem. It's just that they, it's WWE is just the problem. Yeah. Like they messed it up themselves. So, yeah, this was like the start of It's like, ah, this is not a fun watch. It's just not. It's just not. Right just, away. No... You know, the way
2: they liked the crowd with the spotlights and then ah. know, the stage, even though they had the X, you know, that was. It just brought me back to that time where that was part of why I was kind of in the sabbatical. I was like, why would I want to watch? Like, it's not what I fell in love with. So in the talent's not you making just, up for it. You know, the creativity is not making up for that presence, you know, the, the the production of it. So that's just kind of how I it just, just went away for a little bit.
0: It just felt very kiddie, like Disneyland. And I'm and I saying you want to cater to kids, but it just went too far in that direction. It yeah. Was, I don't know. But um, they had Pyro, too, which is like, oh, look at that, Pyro. <laughs> um, On the call, we got Josh Matthews. I was like, wow, Josh, yeah. Josh Matthews was, was play-by-play. Josh Matthews, Jerry Lawler, and Booker T, at least Jerry Lawler for the time being, until the the match he had later on in the show. Uh, Josh Matthews. I don't love Josh Matthews as a play-by-play. I'm sorry. No disrespect to him. I just – he never did it for me. I, it I will say just didn't sound it. like – and it's crazy because when you hear Michael Cole – He's like, okay, I, I I mess with Michael Cole. Josh Matthews never sounded authentic to me. He always sounded like he was trying to make it, like make it exciting. Yeah. When Michael Cole just he was just good at it. He was just like, yep, I, I believe Michael Cole. Josh Matthews just maybe he's gotten better with time. I haven't watched Impact in a long time, but at this point, at least on this show, he just I just he just didn't feel believable to me. And I know he was still coming into his own as an announcer because he was a former wrestler, and maybe he's gotten much better over the years. But on this night, I I couldn't buy it. I
2: I will say I thought he was better this night simply because I have, you know, dabbled in impact here and there. And I think because it's, you know, taped so far in advance and they do post-production and everything like that, Josh Matthews never sounds excited about anything in 2021, (laughs) 2020, 2019, 2018. So it's almost like not that I'm saying he's forcing things. He's just like he doesn't have that excitement to his voice in anything that he calls and it might not necessarily be his fault because if you're just you're he's probably just he, not in the arena he's just sitting there watching a TV and talking you know that's got to be hard like
0: you guys still got to convey that emotion no man right. right? you still got to he try. just doesn't
2: do that but i think he did a better job doing it here even though it wasn't his best you know he has Fine. he wasn't a great play-by-play guy in WWE by any means but i do think it was better than what i hear in impact not like i like impact i i like the products um i don't like the commentary can be better i don't think it drags it down as a lot of other people do think and i don't blame them for thinking that because commentary is very important and if you can't believe what josh matthews is telling you you know then you're not going to get or get excited about it you're not going to feel that excitement and that's why impact very rarely gives off that excitement because Josh Matthews doesn't let that excitement, you know, that's in the there. Um, I just think it was better at this pay-per-view, maybe not by much, but it felt like it It didn't feel like he was watching a TV monitor because, hey, he was there. He was ringside. He was part of the action, and that's probably why I thought it was he, better.
0: He had moments, but when Michael Cole came on the broadcast, like <laughs> half, after his match, who I'm going to talk about Michael Cole later on, who he was highly annoying during this era <laughs> but when he actually called the matches when he just called it didn't try to root for somebody didn't try to put himself over mm-hmm. He was still very good. That's not, I don't I know people rag on Michael Cole. When we talked about it We've always been Michael Cole people on the show like he's a talented announcer. It's just the style He's been forced to use in WWE is not good <laughs> and like but he himself is talented But when Michael Cole calls a match when he wants to call a match, he's dope. Yeah, and you can tell yeah. the difference between a seasoned announcer and a, a guy who's still finding his voice in Josh Matthews. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, it does. And a great example of that, uh, at least in my... What really brought me into the Michael Cole fold uh, a couple of years ago was that uh, UK Championship Tournament or whatever that he, mm, yeah. he called uh, over in the UK uh, for that. That's because Vince wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> that's what kind of... I was like, okay, yeah, Michael Cole... It's definitely overproduced on, you know, WWE TV, yeah. but when he has a chance to just go out there and, and call the match, he's really one of the greats of
0: today. He's, he's really good. Yeah. He's a talented announcer. And when he called uh, WrestleMania 30, when, you know, three years yeah. from, from this event, yeah. when Daniel Bryan won, I thought he was incredible. That's probably one of his best calls, honestly, if you, if you rank... 'Cause he ha- he has some other ones where he's like, Oh my you know, that Roy <laughs> Rumble or something like that. That's and when somebody funny. comes out surprised. That's kind of cliche or boss time. I just used I'm that. sure I
2: used the oh my on the, like a meme or something. Oh, I man. just quoted, oh my, Michael Cole. It had nothing to do with that's, wrestling, but
0: that's it's rough though. It's rough <laughs> when he does that. Or when it he really does is. boss time or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's probably part of the style that WWE wants him to do. But when he called WrestleMania 30, I'm sure if you look back at his top calls, that's probably that has to be up there. WrestleMania 30, when Daniel Bryan won the uh, the, the title, that was dope. So, uh, that was a big uh, one. Yeah, so I probably don't like me.
2: it as much as you. Uh, I I, don't I just know, like thought it. it it was too forced. I don't know.
0: Oh, I thought it was good. It wasn't like it was the
2: good. call wasn't terrible. But, like, him, he's like, Miracle on Bourbon Street. It's like, all right, relax, Michael. Like, I, you, he I had to good. get that out. He couldn't just let it flow. It's like he had to get it out. Like, he couldn't yeah. just let it flow in the in the celebration. Like, it's a miracle, Look, King, on Bourbon Street. Like, no, he's, oh, it's man. a miracle on Bourbon Street. Like, he had when, when to get Vikings,
0: it out. When the Vikings beat the Saints in the playoffs a couple years ago on a miracle, the radio announcer coined it right away. He said, Minneapolis miracle. It's a Minneapolis miracle. Like,
2: yeah, it's just the and way they just say it.
0: though.
2: Comes out. I'm uh, not. It was just forced to me. Like I know he was gonna say that. It was like he. It felt like he had to get it out in a certain amount of time. It's like he can just wait and let it flow. Like it's a miracle on Bourbon Street. Nah. Make it sound better. I don't know. That's is like my picky up. opinion of it. That's all.
0: <laughs> I was swept up in the emotion. and I watched it after the fact. No, I was wasn't. Good. I was there, so I didn't he hear worked, him yeah. call it as it happened. I was watching yeah. it after the fact. I was like, "Oh, that was that was good. I thought it was yeah. good, but yeah." Moving on. Our first match of the night, we're starting off hot here, folks. Last Man Standing. And I said a couple weeks ago on the show, I don't think I'm a fan of Last Man Standing matches. I'm out on Last <laughs> Man Standing matches. They're just not that fun anymore. Or they never were to me. But we got Last Man Standing Randy Orton versus CM Punk in a rematch from WrestleMania 27 in a match that had a forgettable that was forgettable. Uh they had the, the the RKO from the top rope, which had, we had seen before, like when CM Punk dives off and RK, Randy Orton <laughs> catches him. We've seen that before, but we saw it again at WrestleMania. Uh, and here we are again. CM Punk, before the pipe bomb, was well mm. on his way to being just a wasted talent in WWE. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, yeah. They had no idea what to do with this guy for some strange, bizarre reason. Uh, he was leading the new Nexus, and he was coming out with... Mason Ryan, David Otunga, and Michael McGillicuddy, Slash, who eventually became, I should say, Curtis Axel. And I wrote, this group was trash. (laughs) Period. And I think CM Punk would agree. And it's not really any disrespect to the guys in the group. It's just WWE didn't have anything good for them to do. These guys were suckers with T-shirts on. Yeah, That's what they were. And it's just—it's just like this is what you do with your developmental talent. These guys weren't—I don't know—they were really ready. They just all were just jacked up dudes, at least with Otunga and Mason Ryan. And it just all kind of looked the same. And it's just like this is what y'all cultivated. Like NXT now can make some talent, and WWE will mess it up. But they—they <laughs> they came up not really looking like they had any potential. Like <laughs> I know Mason Ryan was a big jacked up dude. And they probably wanted him to be somebody. It just didn't work. Yeah, it was the next position. Hey, it was rough. It was rough.
2: Yeah, never. They hoped. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, that's what I hoped. <laughs> I was like, man, because Batista was really gone by by now. And I was like, ah, he's never coming back. So Mason Ryan, you could be the Batista <laughs> 2.0. Batista uh, 2.0. Yeah, that's the way, like, the so unbelievable type acting for me right here when Sam Punk came out with the new Nexus and you know he's like yeah I got my guys with me he's like literally pointing at them be like we're all going to take you out and clearly you <laughs> uh-huh. knew like okay like this is so stupid like overacting crap just so the anonymous Raw gm can send them out and it's like yeah it's really Bad. like why do we do we need that <laughs> like did, <laughs> literally did we need
0: that cuz that nope. I don't ugh. They yeah. had to find a way to get the anonymous GM on the show. And this was it, <laughs> and it was this just was the it. Raw
2: GM. It wasn't even the SmackDown GM. It's like right because nobody.
0: I wrote later on. They didn't care about SmackDown, bro. <laughs> this is when you realize, like, oh, they don't give a damn about SmackDown. Well, they yeah, get him Wasn't Teddy Long? Them, I
2: guess still the general manager of SmackDown. Yeah, at point, but,
0: but, but they didn't give a damn. They gave him We will talk about it later on when they recapped the draft picks. But they're like, they got Randy Orton, <laughs> Sheamus, and Kali and Sin Cara. <laughs> Okay. This is
2: still Mystico, right? This is before, like...
0: No, who's Senkara? The, the, the original. He never Mystico in WWE. Yeah, he was No, still I know, Mystico, the, yes, the original yes. One before, yes. Yeah, the, so. the original Senkara, he was still yeah. Mystico, and they were that trying was to make him somebody. 10 years ago. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. It so blows my ridiculous. mind. It's so wild, right? They were really trying <laughs> to make something of Senkara, and it just didn't, for whatever reason, didn't happen. It's like they signed him. I, I don't know if he really wanted to speak English that much. But it's like, hey man, you knew you couldn't speak English when you signed him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, give him you, a manager the,
2: if he needed or something.
0: Right, give him somebody that can talk. Like it's all right, but no, they didn't give a damn about SmackDown. SmackDown was taped still. It was still it was taped yeah. till twenty sixteen. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't give a damn about SmackDown. It was the only you said the, the Raw general manager, but CM Punk. Let's talk about him real quick because. He was like I said, well on his way to just being a, just another guy, just another mid-card heel, until that promo in June, and even with that promo, they still fumbled that. <laughs> like, it was handed to them on a golden platter, and they fumbled that. But I, I wrote, like, it still definitely raised his profile, like as a as a as a star, and he became a mainstream name because of that run and an eventual title reign he had, and then of course he went to MMA and stuff like that, but. C. M. Punk, at this point, was not a like big name at all outside of WWE, and then became one because of that promo. It's like how quickly that changed. It was it was kind of wild. Yeah, you yeah, almost I, don't even remember pre-pipe bomb C. M. Punk. Right. It's like who was that guy? <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's so different. Like the way he would act, he would act on camera, um, just such a different character. And I honestly think like that's why. You talk about the pipe bomb, and then literally right after that, it was like he was the hottest until what was it, SummerSlam, I guess. Yeah, uh, when he lost, and then it was downhill from there. Then he but lost Triple H, but that, they, they
0: gave him the title back. They gave him the title back, and he yeah, went on a run. Yeah, even he didn't main event any pay per views, <laughs> but he went on a run.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why we could still get so emotionally invested, and even call out the crap that we see every week. Because it literally feels like it can be fixed creatively, like the next week if they want it to, because they could do it and they could have they could make something hit and resonate with the audience if they want it to. Like right now, like that's kind of what Roman Reigns is. There are people that are already getting tired of like his long promos in the beginning, which is no. why this past week I, they didn't do like the long promo in the beginning. They just had him like at the end. Um, Give me Roman so, Reigns. Roman yeah, Reigns is dope like that. Just that little switch, you know, they can flip at any time and make something interesting, and they just don't do it. And I think the people are like, oh, why do you still watch it then? Like, why do you complain about it? It's like, well, at, I, I'm with that at the same time. It's like, okay, well, I'm tired of hearing the criticisms because I share them, but nothing changes. But at the same time, they literally can change it on a whim if they want to, <laughs> right. and we just don't know if they will or if they won't um so that's where like i get into it that's what they did with cm punk in 2011 you know like right here it's like wow like if, if i his contract's up in june it's like okay they're just gonna job him out the rest of the you know until his contract's up mm-hmm. but boom they completely reverse course and they have the ability to do that and they just don't do it as much as i would like, like them that to. that fast
0: but, a yeah. star was made overnight yes you could do that at any point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like you said like yeah. just flip a switch um this match was pretty standard. I didn't care about oh, this match man. at all, dude. And for Last Man Standing,
2: th- th- ridiculously this terrible. This match
0: was <laughs> it was not good. And uh, CM Punk removed the turnbuckle pad at the beginning of the match. <laughs> I don't think that ever came into play at all in this match.
2: He he did uh, do the slingshot for Orton, um, and Orton hit that in the jaw. But that I was it. Don't that was remember it. that at all. <laughs> that was the I only. Don't remember that time and um, this was like wow. you know mid midway through the match so not even like after that um yeah i mean i, I like... you know obviously the first weapon that comes into play is a kendo stick it's like That's all, know, they it. <laughs> That's chair, all they used i know a steel chair and like a steel chair i thought the uh, russian leg sweep on the steel chair was pretty pretty awesome but um yeah. other than that yeah it's pretty standard stuff that we see uh don't really know if it was new to that time frame in 2011 but I mean, like...
0: It's just, you have two very talented people. Mm-hmm. They could do so much. It's just the story wasn't good. Maybe, it's just it just didn't work. They didn't even and go throughout the building. Like, Last Man Standing, we usually see
2: them go around. It was mainly concentrated around the ringside.
0: Look, like I said, <sighs> Last Man Standing, not a good... I just don't like Last Man Standing matches. I'm out on them. I'm done. <laughs> so, and I'm done with this match. I mean, we got the end. With uh excuse me, Randy Orton terrible. The RKO from the top rope. Avalanche RKO. And that was is that it. what they call it man,
2: huh? Is that what the kids call it nowadays?
0: I've heard that. What well, you know, Cena does the, the attitude adjustment from the top rope is an avalanche attitude what? adjustment.
2: I have no I that You've is never news. heard that? No, I have not.
0: Oh wow. I've heard that multiple times. <laughs> oh wow. So well, look I must it up. suck. I must suck. But uh no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it was like Okay, that's what ended. You said we saw the RKO off the top rope before. Like, how, Why is that yeah. what ends? Why not on the chair or something? I don't they didn't know, even go that. on the chair. They didn't even do it through the announce table. Why not off through the announce table or something?
0: This match is whack. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible. It was whack. It was f- not a good opener, and it was very forgettable, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to move on. Not even like I'd 20 talk minutes. About
2: it was like barely 20 minutes. It was
0: just... Eh. I'd, I'd rather talk about the don't try this at home ad they play right after this match, <laughs> which is like we gonna they got they they have people watching Randy Orton do an RKO from the top rope and they're like look don't try this in your house all right right after you watch this like don't go out and on your steps something <laughs> like that and try to RKO your little cousin or something like that from the top of your steps don't do this because you will get hurt so yeah. <laughs> I thought that was responsible of WWE I yeah I always
2: enjoy these and it's funny because they don't do those anymore do they.
0: I don't think so. No, I've I seen mention one it. in a while. That, that's that's funny to think about. Yeah, they don't really do that too much anymore. Because I watch SmackDown every week. I don't really watch too much of Raw. Right. But I watch SmackDown. Lucky I don't you. recall seeing those ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Even even during <laughs> pay per views, I don't really see them. No. So.
0: Not even doing extreme rules when they pop the guy's <laughs> eye out and they said don't. Then they say don't try this at home. <laughs> They're <horror show. laughs> the harsh. By the way, we're talking about set extreme a guy on rules. fire. Yeah. <laughs> not that long ago.
2: Talk about Extreme Rules, there was not one Extreme Rules match on this pay-per-view.
0: That's stupid. How about how dumb is that? Yeah. Extreme Rules. I guess it like, well, the matches are It extreme. was more of
2: a TLC pay-per-view,
0: honestly. Pretty much. They had a tables match. They, they yeah. didn't have a chairs match, but they had a tables match, a ladder match. <laughs> and yeah. The chairs were in match. the
2: last main standing match.
0: That's true. So, That's true. Crazy. So after that match, we get Jerry Lawler. He called one match, and now he leaves the yeah, announced position. what he one match, and he's gone. Right. What was the point? He calls one match. You could have just had Matthews and Booker T called the beginning of the show. It would have been fine. You could have WWE to this day. Y'all could have two people out there. It's all right. (laughs) Don't they? Isn't it only Josh, uh, uh, Corey Graves, and Michael Cole on SmackDown now? Yeah, I think it's only them two, which is good. Mm -hmm. That's good. But they have three on Raw. It's Byron Sachs and Todd Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe, right? Yeah, I think. Okay, you don't need three. (laughs) You don't need three. Two, two is just fine. But he leaves to get, Jerry Lawler leaves to get ready for his country whipping match. Which is like, what What the hell is that, man? Like,
2: Oh, man.
0: But then they recap the draft, which I wrote, which would soon be very pointless. Because, of course, they just blended all the rosters together. It didn't matter. So, this is the highlights that Raw got. Again, we're going to run through this again. <laughs> it's is so funny. Uh, Raw got Alberto Del Rio, Kofi Kingston, Big Show, and Rey Mysterio. Those are the top guys they got. SmackDown got Orton, Sheamus, great Khali, who I didn't even know was still in WWE in 2011, <laughs> and Sin Cara, so no one, <laughs> so nobody, so yeah, that's that's the draft, then we get this segment with Sheamus and Teddy Long, who walks in, He Sheamus is in Teddy Long's office, and he's upset, he's mad, because he's got to defend the United States Championship against Kofi Kingston in a tables match. He's not happy bonus about match. this. He's so, bonus match. Wasn't right? even advertised. Player, player, I'm oh, oh my god, the people a bonus match. <laughs> player, player. <laughs> Sheamus is so upset that he turns xenophobic out like, of nowhere.
2: Out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> it's like, what? And uh. he's angry that he has defended his title, his United States Championship, against someone, that's someone being Kofi Kingston, who is not from the United States. So here's the problem: for one, that's xenophobic. Two, Seamus isn't from the United States. <laughs> Why do they write this one? I guess he's a heel, so he could be hypocritical. Right. So I guess that's the that's the that's the reasoning, that's the rationale behind it. But that's just stupid. And then they up the ante. They do. By having Seamus demand to see Kofi King's birth certificate.
2: He demanded it.
0: If you so recall, does that mean
2: that they gave it to him before the match?
0: No. <laughs> but if you recall, and if you're not from the United States, you probably <sighs> don't remember. Because, I mean, 2011 was a lifetime ago in our politics, right? Yes. <laughs> so I was So long ago. I was
2: so far removed <clears throat> from politics and 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh.
0: At, people grew apathetic with politics and during this time period <laughs> because it's like everything was normal. But the big controversy in 2011, imagine this, the big controversy in 2021, where they literally domestic terrorists storming our capital. <laughs> but in 2011, the big controversy surrounding the president was his birth certificate and whether he was actually born in the United States. Because people actually questioned whether Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, was born in the United States. They actually questioned that. Never mind the fact that he became president of the United States. <laughs> like... I don't think you become president unless you're born mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and then I never think, mind the fact the, he
2: was a senator nobody seemed to care that nobody cares.
0: senator <laughs> right but yeah what's his birth certificate including people including our current president only till tomorrow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> only for the next day Donald Trump was like, where's his birth certificate? Never mind the fact that we didn't get his tax returns until like six months ago. That's when we realized he didn't pay that many taxes. But And this was yeah. actually
2: this was a topic then, I guess. Uh, I, I, I remember Trump kind of made it mainstream with the whole birth certificate nonsense. That's when I first really got wind of it years and years ago when Obama was still president. Um, but I guess it was even further back than that, when because uh, obviously this was this had to be a, an obvious you know call to the whole political uh, landscape, especially where in two months they were going to be, be having a pay per view of Washington with Obama on the poster, so um, they had they always got their political shots in here and there, and uh, you know, this had to be one of them, and it was so strange. Like I said, like. They they would flip out because Obama was wearing a tan suit and putting his feet on the desk what? or something. It was so Are ridiculous, man. So ridiculous back then, which is part of the reason why I just hated paying attention to politics because I was like, "Wow, this is a stupider version of wrestling." Like the way promos go and whatnot, and it still is. But whatever.
0: That was wild stuff, man. It really was. Remember back? Remember when the biggest controversy was just the suit? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I remember. It going to be a controversy,
2: and it was like in the early stages of Twitter. So I remember like scrolling Twitter and seeing some people talk about it, and just kind of like, wait, this is what Twitter is. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be on Twitter if this is the stupid nonsense I'm gonna. That people are gonna talk about, but just stupid. Ugh, brutal.
0: Yeah, it was it was rough. So I, clearly, Vince McMahon, a Republican, and his wife, a Republican, <laughs> wrote that line. Try to get the uh, you know the mainstream attention from it, but it's just mm-hmm. in hindsight, it does not does no. not age well. No, does not age well. So after that shameless nonsense, we move on to get a look at John Morrison, who is back there backstage. I should say doing that parkour, <laughs> and that's it. That was his character at this point in twenty eleven. He was yeah. athletic; he could do parkour. And you see him back there, he's stretching, and he just jumps over some steps for no reason. And they, or, or before that, he looks up, and they zoom in, yeah, dramatically. Then he just jumps over some steps. But that's how you train for a wrestling match.
2: <laughs> if he could go from the apron and jump over the steel cage fifty feet high and land on the floor,
0: he's going to be champion. That's it. He's just doing that parkour because he 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 can do parkour. Did you know that? That was literally the death of his character in 2011. Before he left WWE, he's like, "No, I think I could do more than just parkour." <laughs> like, I'm some, gonna leave. <laughs> like, some cornball crap, right there. It was terrible. I, you don't have any ideas? I did
2: not realize how bad it was back then.
0: Was bad. <laughs> With right? this, that stuff. was his character. It's like they saw him one time do some parkour. They're like, you know what? <laughs> That's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it.
2: Surprised they didn't rename him to parkour. Pat or something like that.
0: Parkour Pat, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Well, give him a stupid nickname like the Prince of Parkour, like the Purveyor of Parkour. <laughs> <The>
1: purveyor,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like he's the Purveyor of Parkour, like you know, the big dog. Oh, <laughs> Or the Viper, the, 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 the Apex Predator. You know how to get those, those dumb nicknames. I'll to tell
2: people? you, the Prince of Parkour is probably definitely a WWE name that they came up with. And they're like, nah, oh let's God, go with something I'm else. I'm certain
0: of it. The, what, the, I know they have other nicknames for people. I'm, thinking yeah. of, I'm trying to think of some right now. I can't think of them off the top of my head.
2: But... The, they used to call uh, Drew McIntyre this... The, what was it? Psycho... Psychotic something? Was it? It was the chosen
0: remember. one for a little bit.
2: Chosen one and then... Now he's um the Scottish Supernova, right?
0: <laughs> what? Didn't they what name him that, or was that name? somebody else? Scott. I'm sure it's about him, Scottish Supernova. Oh okay. yeah. God, nobody says that. Hmm. Nobody says that in reality. So yeah, P- Prince of Parkour. That's uh John Morrison. Mm. So so after that, oh no, track. Noam
2: Dar was Scottish Supernova.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Noam Dar. Maybe he had that him. before he got to WWE. Yeah. Maybe he called himself out in the Indies. I don't know. (laughs) I forgot about Noam Dar. Wow. Man. Remember 205 Live? I mean, it's still a thing. Yeah. It is still a thing, and apparently
2: it's got good stuff going on, but I do not watch it.
0: WWE gave up on that a long time ago. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Still technically on WWE. on the network, Network, yeah, right
2: after uh, SmackDown.
0: They don't give a damn. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's
2: the Scottish Psychopath. That's they call it, Drew McIntyre. That's what I was thinking of.
0: Scottish psychopath. <laughs> they love alliteration, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Moving on, though. We got the WWE United States Championship. Sheamus wearing his Captain America get-up. <laughs> defending against Kofi Kingston. And one thing I noticed, and I thought about, at least, while watching this match, is, like, how many guys... Or have there been many guys over the last decade that have been more protected than Sheamus? Think about how many times you've actually seen Sheamus lose. Also, how many times do you see people kick out of his finish? Mm-hmm. He's also had like two big returns. Like yeah. 2015, he came back with the Mohawk and all that. Then he won mm-hmm. the championship. And then he came back again in 2020 and was beating everybody up. Just like the pretty much... like. Like 2015 yeah. again. <laughs> it's like he's been mm-hmm. so protected. And I get it, he's a big, jacked up dude, but it's like he's been Triple around H- for a while. But Triple like,
2: BFF. there you go.
0: I guess, but like, he's been super protected over the years, kept super strong. He hasn't, that's the thing, he hasn't been like consistently a top guy, neither. They try to build him up to that all the mm-hmm. time, though. Yeah. And it doesn't quite happen. And like 2015, he was WWE champion, but of course, that was really for Roman Reigns to take the title from him. Yeah. And it's just. And even this year, it's like they were building him up so strong. For what? For what exactly? He so didn't he could lose Jeff Hardy in a bar fight. Right. He didn't even. Did he get a <laughs> WWE championship match at any point?
2: Nah, uh, who would.
0: It, did he it get, get have a match been? with. Because I remember Braun Strowman was around. He was the, the Universal Champion uh, on SmackDown for a while. Maybe, but.
2: I couldn't tell you either way without looking it up.
0: <laughs> it's like he's he's been built up and kept strong before yeah. largely nothing super impactful, which is weird. Usually, guys who are built up to the extent that Sheamus has, especially for the length of time, you would expect Sheamus to be a twelve-time world champion. <laughs> like <laughs> he's probably won it like twice, three times.
2: Yeah, well, he had the world heavyweight title, right, from Daniel Bryan, and he was and a babyface when that happened. Two WWE championships, so yeah, three times I think.
0: Right, because I remember I remember that world title reign with yeah. Daniel Bryan, as you as you mentioned, he was a babyface. <laughs> babyface <laughs> Jameis, yeah. what? Yeah. Then he went away, and he came back with the Mohawk, and I guess it was 2014 or 2015, something like that. Yeah,
2: teamed with Cesaro. Then, uh, that was my favorite Sheamus. Then he had the tag probably. team, the
0: bar. Yeah, yeah, that was dope. Yeah.
2: And that look honestly, probably, you know, that was my favorite Sheamus.
0: <laughs> my favorite Sheamus. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's just – then he started dressing like a Peaky Blinder in 2020 at some point <laughs> when he was going against Jeff Hardy. It's yeah. like like yep. – is it nineteen twenty-five? Like, which is like. funny
2: because that's like his out of the ring outfit, but like he still wears the same gear inside the ring, which is <laughs> kind of cool. Like, I'm right. glad they didn't change the ring gear because, you know, like that's fine. Like, he didn't need like an overhaul or anything like that because I think he's good in the ring. I, he's won I, I still can't believe he's been in WWE for now twelve years almost. Uh, he won the title yeah. in oh nine. 2009. So he, he was yeah. by the end of oh nine. So he had to be there at least for a few months. And uh, maybe not the whole year, but you know, almost twelve years, twelve full years now in WWE, which is crazy. And he hasn't like he hasn't been terrible, so like I said, no, but he has been
0: repetitive. Yeah, I'll give him. He's been kind of repetitive this at certain periods.
2: This Sheamus, I wasn't like a huge fan of. The only part of this Sheamus I liked at this pay per view was his theme song. I was definitely a big fan of his theme song.
0: The song was dope. Yeah,
2: then once he uh, came back with the mohawk and the braided, you know, facial hair, that was my favorite
0: looking Sheamus. <laughs> his song at this point was dope. I will yeah. give him credit for that. This mm-hmm. still kind back. of dope. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty good song. But um, it's just interesting his career because again they put him over strong right away. Yeah, like a couple months in, he's beating John Cena in a tables match. But he beat John Cena for the title right away. Yeah,
2: and uh, at this point, was, Edge was like really the only one to beat Cena for, for a title at least. Uh,
0: I think Randy Orton might have gotten Orton,
2: him. yeah, maybe, yeah. So I mean, but like, two Hall of Famers, you know,
0: right? <laughs> so that wasn't like something to be taken lightly. Then he lost the Triple H WrestleMania, and then he went like kind of just kind of tapered off. Yeah, and then. He wasn't even on the main card at WrestleMania in 2011. He was on the pre-show with Daniel Bryan. They were supposed to fight for the mm. U.S. title, and then that got lumped into a battle royal. I don't know if you recall that. They were supposed to have a one-on-one match on the pre-show. I do not. At WrestleMania in this particular year. And then they, you know, things happened, and it got turned into a battle royal or whatever. But um, And then the next year, they had the actual match, which lasted like 12 seconds, <laughs> yeah. which kick-started Daniel Bryan's career, ironically. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Sheamus has had an interesting run. Again, Regardless, started off so hot and at, and still has been so protected. It's not like they've just been jobbing him out or he's been off TV for a lengthy period of time when he's like a healthy scratch. When he's healthy, he's on TV in a prime role in a prime position and he's only won a title like three times. That's what I'm saying. Like, they do all this work for him and it's like, for what? <laughs> like, <laughs> for who? For what? For what, right? Like Mickey <laughs> Waters, like what? Okay, all right. They got more out of like, Kofi Kingston's title run than they did ever of <laughs> Sheamus' yeah. title runs. Yeah. Like Sheamus' title runs have not been that memorable. When no. you really think, break it down, and I, again, let's let's make this clear. We're not disrespecting Sheamus. It's just this is what he's been the position he's been put in over the course of his main roster run. Which you, like you said, it's like over a decade. But you look back at title reigns over the last decade, who thinks about Sheamus's? I'm, I'm thinking about Kofi's cuz that was dope, Daniel Bryan's brief run or Daniel Bryan's run when he was the environmental guy. <laughs> yeah. Um Brock, give me Seth Rollins when he was WWE mm. champion in 2015, like there's some different runs that you like, oh yeah, look Jack's, back, I remember that. Jack Swagger, absolutely. No, no, not talking no. about that. I will talk about maybe even gender Mahal, was so wild that he was <laughs> WWE <laughs> champion. <laughs> well, yeah, he
2: he was champion for a while too. So
0: he was champion for like six months. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? I
2: interviewed him at like while he was champion. It was one of like I did too the coolest Same things time. I've ever done because you know I didn't go to school for journalism. You know, I tried to. I started writing after college, so being able to like write for Philly Voice and do these interviews and stuff was awesome and. Actually, interviewing a sitting WWE champion, like never thought I would be able to do that. So, and Jinder Mahal was the first one. <laughs> so it was really cool, actually. I was like, I Jinder can Mahal, say I interviewed a WWE champion.
0: My interview with Jinder Mahal in 2017, it was before Battleground was here in Philly, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, he was one of the few stories, few wrestling stories I had in the paper, in the Inquirer, because <laughs> <Like, laughs> he was a WWE champion. And the editor, the, the arts and entertainment editor was like, hey, I, your wrestling story is, give them to me, and I'll put them in the paper. I was like, alright, cool. I got the WWE champion on the phone. <laughs> like, like, And it was Jinder Mahal. So, I think I interviewed two WWE champions. I think Seth Rollins, when I interviewed him, in 2015, he was champion, or something mm. like that. I can't exactly remember. Maybe Matt Robert Hardy Reigns was a Raw three.
2: tag team champion when I interviewed him with oh, Bray Wyatt. Oh, there you go.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Sheamus. Nah.
2: I will I say, he's he's got great mic skills like he cracks me up and uh you know he's he's like a badass in the ring so i'm kind of like a sheamus fan i guess I all, like all, sheamus, all too. things considered
0: it's just wwe has like they put in a lot of work to build him up just for like very little payoff mm-hmm. in the end so it's just weird yeah um the guy he's facing in this match kofi kingston hit a crazy double foot stomp and then front flipped out of it which is like whoa that was wild <laughs> yeah but one thing I noticed is that, and I didn't even care, really care about the match that much, but Booker T kept saying that Kofi could be like a top guy. He could be a big-time player if he just kept st- – he stopped catering and pandering to the fans, Stop, you know, playing games, Stop jumping around and dancing around and get serious. What's and then know? it's like, you didn't hear that? I'm just saying like, come on, Booker, what the hell? Right. You say the same, it's like, sh- it's funny. same thing today about Big E. <laughs> Exactly, which is funny. But it's funny that like Kofi's career when he was this character was stagnant as all hell. Yeah. And then it it's funny his career kinda of shifted for the better when he joined New Day, which turned the the silliness up to eleven. 100%. They turned the comedy and the silliness all the way up and that group is a legendary group now. As a trio, mm-hmm. even though Biggie's technically apart from the group, but he's still part of the group. But they're in like video games, they got a bunch of stuff going for him now kofi kingston's best run of his career is literally the new day run like yeah. he's this this version of kofi nobody cares <laughs> new yeah. day kofi everybody cares and then he won the wwe championship mm-hmm. like even before the wwe title win he was already like had the best run of his career with new day winning a bunch of tag titles doing a, they were always on tv they were doing stuff outside of wrestling. They went uh I think the the new version of all of that the Nickelodeon show which is a fun was, I saw the segment they were in it was really funny. And then they he won the title and he had it for like 6 months and took it back to Ghana and it was that was dope. Mm. So, and he nothing changed about him. <laughs> like mm. it didn't change anything. It's funny mm. how that worked. It is. So and and like you said they do it, the same same thing about Biggie. Which I think people look at Biggie differently because he is a big, strong guy who can have a mean streak, I guess. But we'll see how that plays out. He is a continental champion again, so yeah. we'll see. Uh, but this match was—it was—it was the finish was great to watch. But it was like that came out of nowhere. It was just, whoa, that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Kofi jumps off the top rope, goes to the table, sends, puts Seamus to the table, and that's it. Really high ding, jump ding, too. Ding, I was like, damn, he got height on that. Yeah. Kofi could jump out the gym, man. Yeah,
2: right through. I, I don't think I ever saw that finish before. So, uh, like, I'm like on this show um, where when he won the title. So seeing that, I was like, damn. Like, Sheamus it was cool was to perfect. watch. Like,
0: it was cool to perfect. watch. Just like, oh, it's over now. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, didn't, it wasn't like no real build up to it. Like, no lead right. up to it. It's just like, boom. <laughs> it was like almost like a like like a WWE video game. It's like. All right, I gotta do it now. I gotta put him through the table. I got a chance and I'm gonna do it. Boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> It wasn't all like set up or nothing like that. It just like, boom, done. It was kind of weird. Um, I don't know if you had anything else from this match. I mean, Kofi's just incredibly uh, athletic. That's all I got.
2: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the ending was kind of like crazy with just the height that he had on that. I was like, man, he jumped really high and Sheamus was placed perfectly and they went through the table. I was almost expecting like a dusty finish where um, oh, Kofi went through the table, too, so it's a draw or something like that. Because oh, that would be WWE in 2011 to just turn me off. But, no, he won He won the U.S. title. so
0: That would have been awful. That it is. It would have been. Uh, we move on now to Todd Grisham. He's interviewing R-Truth, who recently turned heel on John Morrison and actually earned himself a WWE Championship match, which he lost to John Morrison. That's how John Morrison got in the cage match later in the night. But they made Ruth stupid when he turned heel. And he's still been much been that character since twenty eleven. He got an imaginary friend, and you've seen over the years he doesn't know what day it is or what pay-per-view it is. He goes in the middle of the Royal rumble and runs up the he takes a ladder out, runs up the ladder, and re put a briefcase, and no briefcase there. Which is kind of funny, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> that
2: was one of the funny spots that I've seen. That was years. really funny. <laughs>
0: And he goes, my bad, and, you know, and everybody laughs, you know, but it was weird to, put it to this point because he's supposed to be this villain you're supposed to take seriously as a, as a dangerous person. But WWE had to make him silly and for some reason had to make him dumb, which is like, yes. you make him dumb because he's black. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Like, I honestly don't understand because don't in this promo, he said, this is a conspiracy. And then he couldn't spell conspiracy. He said, con he, he, he spelled it he's not a right
2: co yeah yeah
0: yeah it was just it's just i i didn't like it, <laughs> it but sad. look r-truth is hilarious like this is he's been around ww now for what he's been in ww for 12 years something like that man i mean if you not don't even that's not even his counting original, his first one yeah, exactly As k quick we're talking r-truth has been this it's like 0809 and he's he's probably a made man there because Vince, I'm sure Vince loves how yeah. silly he is. Yeah, and everybody, like, he's he's funny to tell. But um, and he had a run in 2011. He had a main event match with John Cena. Didn't have another one. But <laughs> this is this is
2: how funny to me Raw Truth is Or Raw Talk a while ago. I posted the video on Twitter, and Charlie was uh, saying something like, "Oh, watch out!" Like and he has the 24-7 title with him, so it's like she was messing with him, and he, like, grabs the title and then looks around, and then she just starts laughing, and then he goes, oh, 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 oh. and then he just, like, gets stone face, and it's literally, like, the camera's on him for, like, 10 more seconds, and he's just staring at Charlie, like, stuff like that. <laughs> it's so simple, but not everyone can pull it off, and our truth pulls it off perfectly.
0: He's funny, man. Yeah. He is funny as hell, and we... When the when the twenty four seven title first came out, and it was still I wouldn't even say like unique because it's based off the hardcore title. But he was he went to Drake Maverick's wedding. He was <laughs> in the I think he's in a chunk of somebody's car. It was just yeah. Dumb stuff. Yeah. You know he came up with all that dumb stuff. But yeah, R he's, he's he's the best. I can't hate on R too much. Not really hate on him at all, really, but it's just sometimes how they depict him yeah, kinda of pieces no, me off.
2: I Hey, I I see it, and it is right. you know. Just you wonder, you know, the motives behind with that, or maybe it's right. stuff he comes up with, but you can't assume that just based like off the track record of this company.
0: It's it, it it gets me every time though. Like I can't like at least the, yeah. the current the, yeah. the current stuff and the recent stuff has gotten me to fall on the floor laughing. Like the Royal <laughs> Rumble spot when he climbed up the ladder and reached <laughs> up, and there's no briefcase there. That was funny as hell. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> But this, for some reason, this defended me more. I don't know. It's just because he was supposed to be taken seriously. Right, right. That's probably. Because he's a bad guy. Probably, yeah. Like, he smoked a cigarette, you know, when he beat up John Morrison and all that. It's like, then you make him, you don't have to make him dumb. Like, you got to make him ignorant. I don't know. It's just, it It wasn't played for laughs with me. It was played for, like, look at this idiot. Like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't like it. But move on from that and that weird promo. To the country whipping match. Jack Swagger and Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross. That's
2: how yeah, Michael Cole was great.
0: <laughs> no, don't, no, I won't let you, I won't allow you to say that. No, he I, I'll came can out, get it out. Say, say he came out. say what you want to say. like that kid
2: in the little giants He came out and those pads wrapped around him. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of that. It came out you in the bubble wrap.
0: Compare <laughs> the kid from Little Giants with the snot bubble on his nose, <laughs> who is a treasure, absolute treasure, a treasure, to Michael Cole as a hero in 2011. He Nick. talked
2: about covering Waco, the Yugoslavian civil war. Uh, he's an award-winning journalist with bubble wrap, which all. is all awesome. true. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't take that away he's, from Michael Cole. The fact that he's not going to be afraid of a couple of hicks with a cowboy hat, and a fake crown. thats oh great. God,
0: which is also true. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it was fake crown. Loved it. Not an actual king. Listen, man. Michael Cole, as a heel, and I guess it was in late 2010, early 2011, was the worst announcing in history. <laughs> some of the most unbearable stuff to hear on wrestling ever. And I'm sure it chased some viewers away WWE Probably thought this was hilarious Look at Michael Cole He's so goofy He's in bubble wrap <laughs> It was an embarrassment bro <laughs> Flat out It was an embarrassment And it's not like people He was a heel and like people wanted to see him get his ass Which is what you want What? I just wanted to turn off the TV bro I hated it <laughs> I hated every second Listen. of it was, I
2: agree. In 2011, I was not entertained by this type of stuff at all. So I was right there with you. Just not even finding it, it. Not even finding Michael Cole. Like me wanting to see Michael Cole get his ass whooped. Like it wasn't even that strong. I was just like, all right, well, I'll just change the channel then.
0: It's just... Look, I'll, look let me say this about Michael Cole. He leaned all the way into it. He gave his absolute awe. I mean, he didn't... He he, if there was like a chicken bone, he ate all the meat off the bone. He got the most out of it. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Like, he got an awe, bro. Like, he left no food on that plate. He ate all of the food when it comes to this character. He played it up to the nth degree, which is what he sh- should have done, honestly. Because he's never going to run like this ever again. <laughs> but who the hell wants to see a heel play-by-play? The heel color commentator can be obnoxious and annoying enough. but at least they're the color commentator. The play-by-play was supposed to be the person of integrity, the person <laughs> of that you trust. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's
2: why you have Josh Mas- Ma- Josh Matthews
0: there. No. They, they, now you got two play-by-plays, and that's terrible. <laughs> Josh Matthews wasn't, like we said earlier, wasn't a strong enough presence to be that person. Maybe if Jim Ross is that guy, then you, you could say that, but not Josh Matthews. That was not it. But also, who benefited from this? What was the point of this? Really? From
2: just Cole doing this or like this match?
0: Yeah, well what 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 good came out of Michael Cole being a heel on TV for like a year? <laughs> it really was a and- long
2: damn time. <laughs>
0: It was a long time. Yeah. And then what good came out of it, even while it was happening, what, this, like this time when he was actually wrestling? Because I can tell you right now, the only person that probably came out of it when Cole was a heel that, that got propped up was The Miz, I guess, because he loved The Miz. Yeah. And but hated other Daniel than Bryan. That, hated Daniel Bryan, right? <laughs> he hated this guy. But for his WrestleMania match and his Extreme Rules match, I don't know if he had matches after this. Just seeing Michael Cole in that orange, ugly orange singlet. (laughs) This pale white skin in that singlet. Who benefited from this? Who got over?
2: I'm telling you, it was probably just Vince messing with JR. That's probably what it comes down to.
0: It's trash, though. You yep. did that. You pretty much did something that only made him. He, he did something that only made him entertained. Oh, people yep. backstage. Oh, abs- i am sure people abs- backstage abs- thought it was a riot because they know Michael Cole. They know the people involved. And it's just like, whoa, ho, ho, look at him go. But you're putting this out in front of millions of people every week. Do this backstage, bro. I don't want to see this. I don't, come, I don't watch wrestling to see the announcers fight. I don't watch football to see Joe Buck fight Al Michaels. Bro. Like, could you imagine Al Michaels and Joe Buck and shoulder pads in the helmet trying to f- tackle each other? That would be trash. Nobody would watch that. Uh, or to, you put or it on Nickelodeon, No, no,
2: no,
0: no. We're not doing that. Or to hear them feud in any way. I don't watch things to hear announcers feud. I don't care. Call the thing and get out the way. Like, but WWE they just love making announces as part of the story. And then they make cole a heel. And he wrestled <laughs> matches. Jack Swagger didn't Ugh. get over because of this. If anything, it hurt him dearly until he got with Zeb Coulter and he became a he became yeah, yeah. a patriot. Tech yeah. <laughs> like, quote unquote.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh he definitely you know. did.
0: <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like he became a a, a, a essentially a a militia member <laughs> like, don't tread the, on me bro the, that's what the, he was saying the
2: insurrectionist
0: there you go <laughs> but that's what rescued Jack Swagger's crew because that was actually controversial that was over that that Jack Swagger but this Jack Swagger died on the vine after this what was Jack Swagger <laughs> doing until he got with Zeb Coulter <laughs> nothing no.
2: this, this was, like was cool, it for man. Jack Swagger <laughs>
0: This was it. I don't remember anything he did after 20, this point of his career until Mm. he got with Zeb Coulter. What the hell? (laughs) This was pointless. I hated every second of it. (laughs) And you wonder why their ratings have dropped steadily over the years. Mm. And I know people are going to use the excuse. Oh, but streaming, they did not help their own cause. Because they have not produced quality television for a long time now. If they were producing quality TV, and just what so happened, the radio took a little bit of a dip because of, you know, technology, streaming. That's one thing. They have not helped themselves. <laughs> Putting Michael Cole in an orange singlet and wrestling and talking over the microphone being obnoxious. And, and just be oh, who wants to hear that for two or three hours? No, I'm not watching this anymore. And some people never came back, <laughs> like, yeah. and they probably won't. Sh-
2: even if the creative juices go get flowing again, they probably won't come back.
0: No, and you did this. You did this. WWE. You made yeah. this decision. They, they literally. I,
2: I think I don't want to say they did it on purpose, but like they want, and that's what people think. Like they think wrestling, they think WWE. So it doesn't matter how many viewers they have every week in the grand scheme of things. As long as people think WWE when they think wrestling, maybe that's enough for them. And it's going to be enough for a long time. That's how they're going to get their TV deals. I will say, the one thing they produce better than anything are their documentaries, and they're not even on TV. <laughs> they're on the WWE Network. It's like the, gr- the best Fit. things they produce.
0: That's You're 100% correct. I'll give WWE credit for that. Their documentaries are generally
2: very good I wasn't even trying to like give them credit I'm just saying it's kind of bad that those are the best things they produce because yeah why the hell can't I know week to week TV is probably tough but that's why you hire those people and hopefully you have two teams and not just one team but you know I don't run the company so I yeah. should I should I wish I had a dream where I ran the company and see what I would do turn that son just- bitch around
0: <laughs> Turn it sideways. <laughs> what a time, bro! It was awful. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. And every, every step of the way, it was awful. This stuff.
2: What I hated the There's most nothing, about.
0: Good. The... There's nothing redeeming out of this. <laughs> nothing. For
2: focus on this specific match, the thing I hated the most. Was literally Lawler and JR just trying to hit Michael Cole with the strap while he has the bubble wrap on and looking confused that it wasn't doing anything. Absolutely an insult and a slap to the face.
0: (laughs) They were literally looking
2: at each other, confused that their straps were not hurting Michael Cole, who was wearing bubble wrap. And it's like, oh, I guess I have to take that off and rip it off of his body and then hit him with the strap and that'll hurt him. Oh my God, are you really like doing this for a four or five-year-old? Come on. That pissed me off the most about this match.
0: You could just... Oh, and Jim Ross
2: doing the ankle lock on Swagger.
0: Yeah, wild (laughs) stuff. Wild stuff. Holy hell. Uh. Put the ankle lock on him. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Jr. hated every second of this. He did.
2: <laughs> he literally, man, The match, like Swagger, was in pain, and then he <laughs> tagged in Cole because Jr. had the damn ankle lock on him.
0: Classic. I wrote at this point because the result of the match that Cole and the Swagger win with a with a with a um, yeah. roll up on Jr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> JR and was JR, protected in this one. <laughs> yeah. So I put JR and Cole started fighting, and as JR would say, it was bowling shoe ugly. <laughs> and I put, thank goodness I'm an hour into this show, and at least Booker T is on commentary, I guess? Because, look, you know, I've always been a fan of Booker T on commentary. Yep. We got him at least. Yep. So that's that nonsense. Oh, my God. That was. <sighs> That's that was I, honestly that's a complete embarrassment of pro wrestling. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever really said that on the show about any match. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Wait, that was an embarrassment. WWE should be embarrassed or should have been embarrassed because for for that a it six, was embarrassing
2: on a sixty dollar pay per view.
0: That makes it even worse, bro. Like, and you wonder why people don't watch you anymore. Like, dude, the the celebration with
2: like them. Like an airplane just going back and forth up the ramp, that made me laugh though. It was so oh bad that I literally I'm could sure do nothing but
0: laugh. Vince was backstage cackling <laughs> at this. Ha ha! Look at him go! He's an airplane now. Ha ha! <laughs> God damn, pal! That's good stuff. That's good. That's really good. Good job, Michael. Take a shower and go back out there and call the rest of the show. God damn. We move on to a promo from John Cena. And the only thing I remember him saying from this promo was that he said, Son of a mustard sandwich. <laughs>
2: ah, yes. Wrote that down
0: too. I'm like, Bro, WWE went way too <laughs> far with the PG stuff. 2011. It's too much. He hasn't
2: been champion in 10 months. Son of a mustard sandwich, that ends tonight. Oh my gosh.
0: Bro and you wonder why Listen, no one it,
2: It's all Todd Grisham's fault.
0: Didn't they make, they made him say son of a mustard sandwich, Roman Reigns is suffering succotash. <laughs> then he called Seamus' testicles tater tots, because he's Irish. <laughs> Remember that?
2: Oh my gosh.
0: You chased people <sighs> away, WWE. Damn. Mm. I don't remember anything else John Cena said in that promo. Nah, it was so
2: move on in. Your, yeah. your... Has been champion in 10 months, which is crazy
0: at this point. Ryan. Wow. That would change tonight. <laughs> <But> spoiler. <laughs> he wins. Move on, though. To falls, count, anywhere. Rey Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes. Another rematch from WrestleMania. Probably one of the better matches on the show, honestly. Uh, which saw Cody Rhodes beat Rey Mysterio. And I wrote down. Remember, Dashing Cody Rhodes. That was actually kind of fun. Yes, I enjoyed that. And I was like, you know what? It was kind of dope when he actually broke his nose, and it had turned him crazy because he couldn't yeah. handle his face being broken. Yep. Yeah. And they changed his whole vibe, and he like, he really dove into that character and he changed did. his theme music. He didn't want to show his face. He walked out <laughs> with the paper bags. I was like, yo, that was. It's like. What? What's that? Is that, is that character progression on <laughs> WWE television? Holy hell. Look at that. This character changed because of something that happened to him. It changed him, which it's like people get beat all the time and people get stuff. Terrible stuff happened to these people. They could put through tables, run over by cars and nothing. They just come back the same person. Was Cody Rhodes got his face broken or nose broken, whatever it was. I think it was a legitimate injury he had. Yeah. And it completely changed him. And he really dove into that character. And he's become a much bigger star since, you know, obviously this. I mean, he. I think the Rey Mysterio match at WrestleMania was actually the biggest match he had as a singles ever in WWE. So that's just, just to show you what mm. he did in his career in WWE. It was largely nothing. Mm-hmm. But this run was kind of dope, in my opinion. Just that's yeah, just me. I agree. And this, it's not, it's not just like, it's just mainly because WWE was is has been and it still is, just no creativity at all. <laughs> this was like the most creative thing they were doing at that point. And I liked it. It was kind of reminded me of like Harvey Dent, Two Face kind of thing. You know, he had the life, whole life going for him, and then something tragic happens to him, and he turns into a villain. Yeah. I like it. So, this match falls kind of anywhere. So, naturally, they fight outside of the ring. They go into the concourse. They do some, actually, some cool stuff uh, mm. in the concourse with Rey Mysterio. And I wrote, like you know, because Mysterio is so athletic and, and, and small, honestly. You can always do real creative things with Rey Mysterio uh, and his opponents. And they took advantage of that. in this match, uh, eventually, the finish comes with Mysterio using, using mist to spit in Cody Rhodes' face and it helped him win the match. And it was like out of nowhere. The mist was like, what? Where the hell did the mist come from? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Ray Mysterio using Great Buddha's mist, but mm. he did and he won. So, that's what I got from this match.
2: It always makes me laugh, like, uh, false kind of anywhere matches that wind up back inside the ring. It's just like Always.
0: Oh. <laughs> They hey, else you had to do that
2: 619. Back. Where are you going to do the 619 in the concourse? You can't. So, you got to get back to the ring. You might,
0: <laughs> he probably could have did it next to the pretzels or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, that was that match. I thought like again, Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes. I thought was 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 pretty good. Yep. Big so. fan of that character. Yeah. Now we go backstage. Where all the women that are on the WWE roster, pretty much, are all in this one room. Because they only use two of them on the actual show, but we got to get the rest of them on the show somehow. Put them in a backstage, Seven. where well, they're all standing very strangely in, an, in a way that they can face the camera. No one who's, like, in a group of people talks like that. They don't stand like that. It gets worse later on. They
2: don't even do that for, like, TikToks.
0: No, this is terrible. And then Layla walked in and apologized to them. You know, I've been mean to you guys, but I'm sorry. You know, I just want to say this could be my last match because she's about to have a loser leaves WWE match against Michelle McCool. She's like, if, you know, I'm sorry, guys. And I looked at the women that were there. I was like, damn, only Tamina and Natalya are still in the main roster. Yeah, so I noted that too. Beth Phoenix was there, but she's not in the main roster. She's in the WWE Hall of Fame, announced on NXT, but. Tamina and Natalya still there. Oh. It's just I just look at that and it's like, man, WWE's women's division has come such a long way. <laughs> Where they were just just ladies hanging out, and now they're like badasses, and they have different personalities. They mm-hmm. all in, t- in this segment they all look virtually the same. There's like I understand they're wearing like street clothes, but they all look like just like normal people. Like yeah. now they have distinct personalities. They have few. It's just like. They're not just all yeah, grouped together as one given, unit.
2: They're given the time, <laughs> you know, right. to, to have that character development. Not only that, but given the time in the ring, uh main eventing regularly. And um
0: And they're treated as individuals. Uh, yeah. They're not treated as like all oh, the divas just hanging out again. Right. <laughs> like, right, exactly. That's not what happens. Yep. You know? They have their own distinct personalities and stuff like that. So we've come a long way. And uh in WWE with the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Cole, he joins the booth into this little glass case <laughs> that he great. called the coal mine. It's so great. It's like, come on, give me a <laughs> The work. coal mine.
2: Get it? Because his name's Cole. and uh, A coal mine's a thing, like a cave or something, right? Or something like that.
0: Hmm. <laughs> trash. <laughs>
2: Did, I thought he had a bodyguard. Did he Flash. have a bodyguard at this point? Was it Swagger that would like stand outside of his thing or no? I don't
0: remember. I I thought swagger, he had somebody. Bro. That's all I got.
2: Maybe that's I'm thinking of Dr. Death I and Jim Ross. <laughs> Jim Ross had his own thing. <laughs> like, years and <laughs> that, years that was prior funny. to this.
0: <laughs> when he built the announce table right in front of him, the yeah. other one. <laughs> That was so stupid. That was yeah. funny. That didn't last too long, either. But now we move on to the Loser Leafs WWE match. Michelle McCool versus Layla L. I wrote down Layla L was an absolute baddie. Man, she was fine. And I'm not saying that Michelle McCool wasn't. I know guys, white guys particularly, love the skinny blonde woman. But Don't get me wrong. Especially in WWE, they love the skinny blonde woman. But Layla was the one for me. If you're going to give me between the two. Just hey, listen,
2: listen, I'm with you. <laughs> I I ain't I'm got saying. no heat. I ain't got no heat with Taker.
0: Mm. No, I ain't got no heat with him neither. <laughs> but I'm not surprised that the guy who supports the Blue Lives Matter flags and Undertaker <laughs> got himself a skinny, blonde, uh, white, white woman who was all about religion. You see all the crosses it's she had on same, the
2: gear. Uh, same type of person Sarah was, right? That's
0: <laughs> got I don't Sarah know. tattooed. I don't remember on what her. Sarah look like. Yeah, remember. Well, she, was she, light, uh, <laughs> she was white. She <laughs> had white uh blonde. She was white, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, but no. One Layla noticed, Also, go ahead. Big fan. Yes, Layla, big so. fan. Big fan. They're, they're both talented. I'm not going to take anything away from them. They're both very talented. But one thing I noticed about the announcing of the match was that they only refer to Michelle McCool and Layla as divas. They never refer to them as women <laughs> or wrestlers. Nope. Just divas. And they said it like 70 times, and it pissed me off.
2: That big WWE
0: branding. (laughs) God, I hated it. They're divas. They're women too, bro. They're Mm. not just divas. So so 10
2: years ago, I put myself in my mind 10 years ago. I didn't understand the negative connotation that word had. Obviously, I didn't. I really put two and two together when people will talk about like athletes and pro sports where they'd be like, oh, he's such a diva, knowing like, okay, that doesn't sound like a positive, so it must be negative. And I kind of like understood what diva, exactly diva meant. So in this time frame, it was before I kind of got knowledge of what that term means and, you know, the world and not in the WWE universe. So, I was like, oh, like, diva, classy. I, I, they're trying to classy up What's, the w- women. But like, that's, that's, what that's what
0: it could be. Yeah, that's you, you what you it could be. Yeah, that's probably what they wanted. diva to a diva is like, a top flight like a, like a like, singer, right. a, popular, a popular singer, a pop star, something like that, and that could have that term, but it also there is a negative connotation to it at the same yeah. time, who's somebody who's self-important or temperamental Ooh. or something like that, and it's usually reserved for women. Now... People use it, like you said, in sports in a negative way when it comes to male athletes, because essentially they're not just calling him a diva. They're calling him. A, he's acting like a woman. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what they're saying. Yeah. And that's not right. But when you, you instead of saying a woman, you say a diva because it's like, oh, he's just thinking about himself and he's all self-important. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's typically used in the negative connotation specifically for women. And, and that's not right. let just make that clear. But WWE just didn't care. They just no. like diva. Yeah. It's yeah. like, D- bro, that's that also has negative connotation. Like, you don't want people on your <laughs> roster to be known as divas. Nope. And
2: it's they like, did it. They kept it so long. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about it. And maybe it, maybe it just felt long. But it was what, like five more it was years a long of that. Time. Five years. Yeah, that's a long time. They
0: didn't stop until 2016, 2015,
2: yeah. 2016. WrestleMania is when they went back. When they got rid win- of the divas championship. Title. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so when that I whole mean,
2: women's revolution started in 2015, they were, they were still like divas. It was still the divas yeah. title. It was still like that marketing was still there until the WrestleMania. It's
0: crazy. And they they started it in like 2008, 2009 maybe, yeah. I think. Well, so it started, started with like the seven. Raw
2: diva search, right? It's kind of like... Oh, yeah, you're right. So started, even before yeah. that,
0: so even before that, you're 100% correct. So you're talking about a good decade. That they were doing that, and it was like, what the hell? They are women. They are wrestlers. They are superstars. It doesn't even yeah, have to be a are. gender role <laughs> to it. You call the men superstars. Call the women superstars. Or just call them wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. My, 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 I was watching SmackDown, and and this past Friday, they talk about Dominic Mysterio, and he just became a WWE Superstar. So congratulations! He's like. He just got signed. And he's a superstar. I was like, that's what they call every wrestler. It's like uh, that's a little loose. That term is used loosely. I was like, yeah, but WWE wants all their people to be known as superstars. It makes them feel special. It's like, but doesn't it take away the meaning? I was like, yeah, because <laughs> not everybody in football gets called a superstar. I was like, I know. Like that's that's you're 100 percent correct. Right. Yep, you're right. So, but even still, if you're gonna call the men and superstars, call the women superstars. Why they got to be divas? Like. It doesn't. It just. It never made sense. I never liked it, and they said it all the time. Like I said, they never even referred to them as women. <laughs> like they were yeah, always they, they,
2: divas. They still separate that in Impact too. They still call their women knockouts. Uh, they don't say like women's division or anything nah, like that. It's like the that's, knockouts that's division.
0: Stupid. So, which another the thing they try to copy from WWE, we got the knockouts, which is <laughs> honestly, better than I divas. wonder if
2: you know they started that first. I'm not don't so. entirely sure. I think
0: sure. WWE started that. I think WWE started with divas. Started
2: divas before I Knockouts so. and TNA. Maybe, I'm not sure.
0: If that's, that might go back. That might go back to the early 2000s. Yeah, even. Like, yeah it might. It might.
2: Because I, I remember. I think it was Gail Kim when she went to TNA. I think maybe I'm getting my timelines mixed up. But like the first time she went there, I think that was like the Knockouts division. So it might have been like around yeah. the same time.
0: It's just. Just call them women's wrestlers, bro. (laughs) That's what they are. Like it's fine. Simple. You You don't have to brand them like they're some different type of species. Like (laughs) they're women's wrestlers. It's fine. Women's champion. That's what they are. Like it's it's okay. Like we don't have to separate them. Like they're different. I mean, yeah, they're different. You know, gender wise, but that's it. Like they're wrestlers. And it's like I just I just hate. Like I said, they said it all the time, and it's in this match you're listening to the straight shooters featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present the straight shooters podcast is available on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Pandora iHeartRadio the Radio.com app Tune in Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio. You'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best. You can also listen to classic episodes of The Straight Shooters at shootersradio.com. Another thing they said, at least Michael Cole, and I think it was partly just him being a heel, but also something I think they actually thought was that Michelle McCool was one of the greatest of all time. And I put ha 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 in my, in my nose. Michelle McCool was good. I'm not going to hate on her. She was talented. One of the greatest? Listen. S- Stop it right Listen. now.
2: Michael Cole... Didn't want no heat would take her.
0: Fair. <laughs> That's going to
2: be my go-to for everything when it comes to that. Didn't Fair. want heat would
0: take her. Did not want heat. <laughs> but stop playing, bro. Here's the thing. That's the thing. Michelle McCool was a talented performer, and she had a run. She had a good run in WWE. I'm not going to hate on her, which I also forgot that she, I, she used to Styles Clash. I forgot she used yeah. to Styles Clash for a little bit. Yeah. She tried it in this match and didn't work.
2: <laughs> I that.
0: But how many people really when they look back over the course of wrestling women's wrestling at least in the last 10-15 years are going to bring up Michelle McCool or anyone from this era that was on top like even Layla. i throw Layla in there too. Like they're not going to bring up they're going to bring up like Trish Lita maybe Beth Phoenix and they're going to skip right. right up to Sasha Banks Charlotte Becky Oscar, like right. And that's, yeah, I'm just, that's just how I list, feel, at least. So they wouldn't be like, on the list. Not saying she wasn't talented. Just memorable runs. Right. We're talking about blonde white women. Charlotte got that game locked down. Like, <laughs> like she's way higher on the list than Michelle McCool. <laughs> and and Charlotte, I think Charlotte's better in the ring. I think she's more better talker, and she's gonna have a better run. She's already like a seven to eight time champion. Like, come on, stop it. She has got the ropes. She got the look. Charlotte's dope. She's she is among the greatest. Becky has had one of the best runs a woman's ever had in WWE with that dem- demand gimmick. Sasha's on her way as well. She's already doing Mandalorian. Bailey's dope. Oscar's dope, and they got so many other dope women that they've had over the last couple years, and they're gonna have. They got more in the pipeline, of course. I don't know, man. <sighs> they bring her back for special occasions. Also, probably because they don't want heat with Taker. <laughs> 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 but if they said if they had a show and they brought back women and they didn't bring back Michelle McCool, would anyone be like, "Where the hell is Michelle McCool?" Like, <laughs> uh, no, I probably like when be they be. did Evolution when they did the first ever World Rumble, the Women's World Rumble. If Michelle McCool wasn't in that match, would people have lost their minds? Uh probably. We're talking about wrestling marks. <sighs> I minute. don't think so, so man. <laughs> She look, again, I just have to dis- I don't want to despair. I'm just calling like it is, bro. I'm just calling just keep- I gotta keep it real. Like let's let's be let's be fair. The greatest I don't know, man. I, no,
2: know. I might edit the South for
0: Taker. Nah, we're not editing nothing out. <laughs> to me, is she any better than another blonde white woman? And uh who's the who's the Kelly Southern Kelly. Bell right now? No, uh, not Kelly Kelly. The Southern Bell, uh, right now. I can't Evans. remember her. Name. Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans. Tell me the difference. Ric Flair. What? Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about the. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Oh, that's what the hell's going yeah. on there. But <laughs> Lacey Evans is talented. Yeah. Lacey Evans would have been a top, top star in 08, 09, 10, 11. Like, I think like she's. So, yeah. She would have been what? She's she's actually good in the ring. I'm not gonna hate on Lacey Evans, but is she right now? I think so. Yeah. They're trying to get her to a spot where she could be up there with Sasha and Charlotte and Becky and Oscar, but putting her with Ric Flair ain't gonna work. They tried (laughs) that with AJ Styles and TNA, and that didn't work. (laughs) Like (laughs) AJ Styles couldn't do it. Lacey Evans ain't gonna be able to do it. It's just, I don't know, WWE, y'all wild, (laughs) oh my god, but again, I will, and I put this in my notes, Michelle McCool kind of being probably overlooked today by some, at least by me, and I'm sure others, that's also not really her fault, that's WWE's fault, because as much as you can say Charlotte, Sasha, and all these people are better, they're also putting way more prominent roles than Michelle McCool ever was at her time. Because in her last match here, which would, you know, spoiler, she loses and she leaves WWE and she retires from wrestling. This is not even a year after she married The Undertaker. So she leaves wrestling. But this was a five minute match. Could you imagine Charlotte's last match being a five minute match? Becky's last match ever, five and a half minutes. Mm -mm. Sasha, Bailey, Naomi. Anyone, (laughs) like Bianca Belair, (laughs) like five minutes on a pay-per-view, Charlotte's retirement match is going to be the main event. So that's my thing. WWE now puts them in much better position. They put them in much more prominent roles. They presented them in a much better fashion. Than he ever did, Michelle McCool. That's not Michelle McCool's fault. That's WWE's fault. So maybe by that standard in 2011, she was one of the greatest. She had a five minute match on a pay per view. Maybe they're right, actually. <laughs> because she got a five and a half minute match, she must be good. Because they don't do that for nobody. Mm-mm. So, it's, it's just wild. It's how far we've come with. This wrestling, it's women's wrestling. Still got, you know, more room to ground to cover. Especially, not, not just in WWE, let's not forget AEW. Let them off the hook. Um, But man, Michelle McCool was considered one of the greatest. and She had her last match as a five and a half minute, pretty much forgettable match. Wild stuff. After she loses, and after she's done with WWE, Awesome Kong comes out. Yeah. In WWE, she is known as Karma with an H, because you couldn't just call her Karma just normal spelling. They had to mess it up somehow on WWE. I don't know. I kind of dug it. I didn't. Because mm. it's not how you spell Karma. Just like that's later cool, on, because it's got like got, a real name. But we got the core with two R's. Well that's
2: different. Karma he, Karma with an h is like a real name. It could be a real name. Is it? It could be. I'm sure uh, someone out there is named Karma. Ah,
0: uh, with an h? Yeah. K H? Yeah. I guess. But she came out and she hit Michelle McCool with the implant buster. That was this was her debut yeah. on TV. She, they had run vignettes and this is her first uh, appearance at WWE TV, she obviously was an impact and had a great running impact, and you know, big, and she towered over all the other women, and she was going to be that intimidating force, I don't know, she would look weird with the Divas Championship, but she was going to be that intimidating force in the, in the women's division for someone to eventually topple at some point, but she was they were priming her for a run, and then she became pregnant, so she had to go off TV, and then she she got released after only having one match, which was the and 2012 I, Royal Rumble. I'm so
2: mad at that because I thought the way they wrote her off when she was pregnant was like kind of awesome. Do you remember?
0: Did she just cry on TV? Yeah, like she that? she
2: came out and looked like she was gonna kill some some of the women out there. There was like multiple women out there, and then she just like fell down to her knees and started crying her eyes out then they went to like a commercial or something
0: that was weird i mean like yes
2: it was but i was like wow that like it made me feel bad for her first of all but then like i wanted them to follow up on that you know see what they would do with her then they you know did nothing god knows they were running her off but when she came back like if they would feed off that but they never did and
0: they never did. They released her before she could come back. They yeah. just—I guess—I don't know why. I'm not vividly—I don't vividly remember why exactly they did. I, Just—I don't was either. Happened. It I, might
2: just been like the spring cleaning cuts they always did.
0: Yeah, maybe it was just BS. But I, I'm with you. I really wish she got a run because as much as we talk about the women not getting a chance really in that in that time, which is wild to think about. Remember that hashtag? Give divas a chance. That yeah. was only five six years ago.
1: Yeah,
0: like <laughs> that yeah. wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Just like we talk about civil rights. That, was only, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> like, people act like it was ancient history. It's not. Um, but same thing with the Give Divas a Chance thing. That wasn't that long ago. And, but I think if Karma was a prominent player in that division, they probably would have. At least it would have been, I'll give it this much, at least it would have been a different flavor in that division because they all the women were these, and look, don't, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. They were all beautiful. They had the long extensions in the hair, and they all like models who wrestled, but she was a badass. <laughs> like. Yeah. She was the antithesis of what the divas were, oh. which was what the the division needed really bad, and it didn't work out that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think it was unfortunate, not only for Karma because she had a child, so that's fort- that's a blessing, obviously. It's unfortunate that they never there was never any follow up with right. that though. That's the unfortunate yeah. part. I think it was unfortunate for both involved because Karma lost a job, and WWE they needed her. Yeah, I guess they didn't feel like they needed her that bad, but in hindsight they did need her. Maybe they felt after a while they're like you know what we don't want
2: that division to go that way so we're going to stick with what we've had for 10 years
0: and right and they didn't watch reality road. show and it took off yeah, <laughs> yeah you know total divas and all that yeah so so yeah i, I agree with you I, I wish they had done you know something more could have come out of that run with uh with kong but it's unfortunate and w, wwe's loss in my opinion because they could have used it she was super talented like her matches with Gail Kim, and like you mentioned, Gail Kim. Her matches with Gail Kim were dope in, in Impact. They were dope. So, and they could have recreated that here. Speaking of Gail Kim, she was one of the other divas backstage watching karma in the ring, scared yeah. to death of what they were looking at. But they were all in like this perfect formation, standing to the side of the television. But Alicia Fox, I'm pretty sure she was standing behind the TV, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was standing in a position where she could not see the TV. But just because they had to get her in the shot, instead of just shooting it in a realistic way, it just looked terrible. It looks terrible. WWE, you are just overly producing stuff. I'm I sure Alicia Fox is standing behind the TV. I hate it. I hated
2: it. It is a WWE... It is a WWE... Like staple, and I absolutely hate it. And they still and I, do it. They still do it 10 years later. And I just want to, like, hurt someone.
0: <laughs> this was probably the worst <laughs> I've seen a dog Because, again, there's a group of them. They're all like, kind of yeah. like in this perfect little yeah. formation. They're all kind of standing the same. They're not even dressed to compete, they're just in street clothes. And then Alicia Fox was. I'm sure, standing behind the TV. (laughs) She could not see, couldn't possibly see what was happening on the television. Moving on, though, we see Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio, hanging out with Ricardo Rodriguez, which was a dope pairing at this point. And then we get the match, the ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Alberto Del Rio, the vacant World Heavyweight Championship, I should say. Alberto Del Rio going against Christian. Of course... This match came about because Edge relinquished the title the night after WrestleMania. He was forced to retire because of his neck injury. And the crazy thing that now, in 2021, I mean, he's injured now, but he's back. Like, he's a wrestler again. You know, nine years after he was forced to retire, he came back at last year's Royal Rumble. Of course, WWE missed a shot of his first spear in that match. Which <laughs> I just couldn't believe they missed that. But, um, but yeah, Edge is, a, is back. And Christian and Del Rio aren't—they're not in WWE right now. <laughs> Christian, because he's retired, because you know injuries caught up yeah. with him. Del Rio, for much worse reasons. We're we'll gonna talk about that in a second. Oh, <laughs> Come oh on, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Oh, the cops—the cops is here. Do you see the here the cops? They heard Del Rio's name. It's like, oh wait, yet <laughs> He ain't no way. He locked up. He locked up. Because here's the thing. <sighs> Alberto Del Rio, as a character, I'm strictly as a character, in 2011, 2010, 2011. I thought was awesome, the cars, the music, the announce, yep. the ring announcer, the pyro, the
2: charisma,
0: the charisma, he had charisma, the suits, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, I, it was money, it was money, and I'm not that's 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 the, uh, you know, no pun intended, it mm-hmm. was money. He's a Mexican aristocrat, the nephew of Mill They they put him on the post of Money in the Bank. I think it was. 2011 or 2012 or whatever it was it was money. I think he won money in the bank in 2011 actually. He won the Royal Rumble yeah. in 2011. Didn't mm-hmm. win the title but he won the Royal Rumble and then slowly but surely they took away everything that made him special
1: mm-hmm.
0: they just ruined it with the, they took away the cars, they took away Ricardo Rodriguez and he just was just regular old Alberto <laughs> just out there and then he left and he came back and all that So that was a character. And I was like, man, at one point in my life, I was like, man, I feel bad for Del Rio. They could have did way more with him. Then I realized who he was in real life. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no longer feel bad, because he's a monster. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So, and if you're not aware, uh, Del Rio is a, pretty much an abuser and a sexual deviant to his significant others, and he's been this way for a long time. Um, to Paige specifically, and we, we, you know, we all know about the stuff that they got into publicly and stuff like that with different incidents that they had, and it's like, as soon as they got together, I remember thinking like, man, this don't look, this don't, this looks like trouble. Because <laughs> yeah. he was like damn near twice her age when they got yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, that's, an, that's a pairing. And then you hear about all the stuff they was going through together, and then you hear the accusations, like he was very abusive to Paige, and then she's come out and said it, and, and you know, I know some people say, well, it's only allegations. Like, they with Jory Ryan, it's only allegations. He didn't commit a crime, technically. It's like, get out of here. Like, she's not lying on this dude. This stuff happened. She said that he would abuse her for hours, right? Hmm. So, those were technically, though, if you go by the letter of the law, just allegations. But it happened. He's, he's a terrible person. Then, in May of this year, he gets arrested. Hmm. May 9th, 2020. He got arrested for sexually assaulting and abusing his girlfriend at a different girlfriend not Paige Paige is long gone from del Rio fortunately for her and sorry for what happened to you Paige because that was a terrible experience that no one should have to go through um so thank you for sharing your story and you know and, and bringing that to light because no one knew how much of a terrible person del Rio was so he gets arrested in San Antonio and then on October he gets indicted by a grand jury on one count of aggravated kidnapping and four counts of sexual assault. Not good. So apparently, he tied down his girlfriend with boxing hand wraps and sexually assaulted her for hours. How trash is that? Same stuff that Paige said that that? he did. Terrible, bro. Unreal. Same stuff that Paige said he did to her, he was doing to another woman. This is after he would get caught. I think he had like a cocaine possession, something like that, and there's all this other stuff that was happening with him. Just numerous things. And then this stuff comes out. And apparently in Texas, if he gets if he's deemed guilty, if he gets a guilty verdict for the kidnapping kidnapping charge, he could get anywhere from five to ninety nine years in prison. So he's in deep deep doo doo. Yeah. And rightfully so. It doesn't seem like he's person. gonna change. No, he's he's probably going to jail. Yeah. I don't we don't know for how long. Again, could be from anywhere from five to ninety nine years. But he's going to jail. Go straight to jail. Terrible. Awful stuff. For hours? What the hell kinda of sick person are you? So. Good for Paige though from getting away from that before it got too too crazy, I guess, mm-hmm. but but the match itself, the match itself, Michael Cole spent damn near the whole match putting himself over, which is just, <laughs> just
2: uh, world title match. so much.
0: World title match. World title match. I might let it slide off as a color commentator, but I'm not letting it slide off as a play-by-play. That's literally not your job. I, I put, WWE's announcing isn't great today, but it would never, ever be worse than this time, period. It's just terrible. Awful. Book of tea. Oh, go ahead. I, no, I was gonna say I stop. agree
2: with that. You know, people complain about the commentating now and it is bad, you know, at times, but that's part of the reason why I was on my sabbatical ten years ago where I just could not stand the insults. <laughs> and then I just kind of learned to deal with it. But when you're insulting my intelligence for as long as you've been insulting my intelligence, I'm just going to tune you out. (laughs) And that's what
0: I did here. Yeah, It's brutal. It's so brutal. Booker T, though, he was a good announcer. He's always been a good announcer. He made an interesting point during this match. And that ladder matches have to be some of the most dangerous matches in wrestling. And when you think about it, I think he's right. Because those ladders... Necessarily aren't aren't they're not necessarily the heaviest ladders in the world. You know you can get bigger, heavier ladders at Home Depot, but them suckers still hurt. They'll catch you, as we'll see later on in this match. But people fall on them; and they hurt. Then they because it is a ladder match. People are falling off of them. <laughs> like that's just part of a ladder match. Those bumps hurt, and if they hit you, if one of those ladders hit you the wrong way, that can mess everything up. Just ask Joey. Yeah, Murphy. it was
2: uh, what was it, twenty thirteen. Money in the bank. I think Sheamus actually got hurt, uh, taking a bump on yeah. the ladder, and uh, you know, it was That's in Philly. Out, and I rem- right? I, yeah, okay. I remember being there in person, and I remember uh, seeing that spot from where I was sitting, and then going back and watching it. Uh, you know, after reading, Sheamus was hurt during a spot. Or I believe it was Sheamus, and uh, he was he would miss time, and I went back and watched it, and I was like, damn, you know, like he was just doing a move on it. You know, it, it was crazy. Like anytime at any point, a spot can go wrong, especially during a ladder match.
0: Like you think about the other stipulation matches that exist in wrestling, you can pretty much control the variables now. Like a Hell in a Cell match is billed as the most dangerous match, but for the most part, yeah. When's the last time we saw a guy bleed in Hell in a Cell? <laughs> but there might be a time where God bleeds in ladder matches. He got, <laughs> right, but so a guy might bleed in a ladder match because he got knocked upside the head with a damn ladder, <laughs> right? Then you got guys falling off them; they could break something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the ladders are, are a variable that you can lose control of at certain points. So, and you look at when Del Rio took the bump off the ladder, and he hit—you know, off the turnbuckle, I think it was—and he hit, he landed on top of a ladder. That was a hell of a bump he took there. That looked that looked like it didn't look like it felt good. And then Brodus Clay comes out, and Christian hit him in the face with a ladder. And then you see later on—at least I spotted it. He's laying outside of the ring, his head is covered in blood, and there is a pool of blood next to him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of blood. Mm. I was like, this wasn't part of the PG plan. Like this, it was he was bleeding profusely <laughs> out of his head. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. These matches are dangerous. So mm-hmm. Booker T had a point. Like Brodus was out there for two minutes and was puddle of blood <laughs> coming out of his head. Fuck Funkosaurus. Funkasaurus. Let's talk about Brodus Clay for a second. Remember <laughs> Brodus Clay?
2: Unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately, because they who was the big baddie helping Del Rio, and, and he's just a big bad villain guy. And then he went away for a while. And it was like, well, when's he gonna come back? And then he came back, and he was the Funkasaurus. <laughs> with Naomi and Cameron, which good for Naomi yeah. and Cameron for finally getting on the main roster. Yeah. Naomi's still dope to this day. But wow, was that terrible. It had Mm. some legs in the beginning, but mm. I think I was more
2: about the dance and the song. Somebody call my mama. It was like Ernest (laughs) reminded me Ernest Miller. (laughs) Ernest and Cat Miller, yeah. Yeah.
0: Somebody call my mama. (laughs) Didn't they bring out his mom at WrestleMania and they brought out a bunch of moms at at WrestleMania in (laughs) twenty twelve. Remember that? I know. Bunch of old dancing old black ladies came out.
2: (laughs) Oh man
0: what the hell WWE Ugh. that was Brodus Clay segment at WrestleMania one yeah <laughs> but at least we got Naomi out of it Whew, good lord <laughs> Brodus Clay but and who's had, also
2: uh, a real life creep too
0: yes I was gonna get to that in a second <laughs> okay. but remember when he teamed up with Matt Bloom who became sweet tea remember that oh man yeah well, this
2: was after his lord tensai days huh
0: yes that's why he was oh, called sweet like tea because he was tensai because he wrestled in japan with carl anderson for like a oh, year or two It's like okay now you japanese <laughs> I was like you wrestled in japan oh yeah you japanese now
2: and he had that stuff like Hakushi had on him uh right yeah always came body. off his face in a match
0: yeah Just because he wrestled uh. in Japan doesn't mean he's Japanese. He's still white. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Tensai. What? LT. <laughs> man, good for Matt Bloom for somehow shedding that and running and start running NXT. I'm glad he. I'm glad he found a spot because man, that could have been the end of his. That could have been the end of his legacy in wrestling.
2: Maybe that was the deal. I was like, hey, you do Lord Tensai, you'll be able to run our developmental brand.
0: <laughs> okay, he's like, all right. This is just for the for the longevity of my yeah. family. All right, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> you wrestle in Japan. Guess what? You Japanese now, boy. You're like, well, I'm white. I'm I'm from America. Nope. You were in Japan. <laughs> you can speak some Japanese. You Japan. You Japanese now. That's it. Paint your face with the Japanese characters. Dude, do, do, are they actually Japanese characters? We don't care. Nobody cares. Japanese. <laughs> Man. But you mentioned Brodus Clay. A creep. Yes, he is. I know. It's like, damn, this is a creepo match. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, creeps stick together. Because,
0: apparently. They were on the
2: same side, right?
0: <laughs> because I, it's weird. I, I, I like He was in TNA for a while, Impact. He's Tyrus, right? Yeah. Yep. And then somehow he got a job with Fox Nation, which I don't know how that <laughs> happened just I think it was like
2: a weekly guest, sort of like JBL was when he was a wrestler, right? I think he was like a weekly I, that's, guest. That's maybe probably that's true. I he st- parlayed it. I still don't know that. how that happened, though. Yeah, I don't either.
0: <laughs> like, he wasn't even that famous of a wrestler. C- c- like, a you know?
2: couple emails from Linda McMahon or something.
0: I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how this happened. But then he becomes a host on Fox Nation, alongside Britt McHenry, who... Has her own stuff with her too. Because she was with ESPN and cussed out the parking lot attendant mm-hmm. like a jerk and eventually lost her job and she wound up at Fox.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever. But she's co hosting with Brody's Clay. And she eventually sued him for sexual harassment because he was sending her unsolicited, unsolicited text messages. Well, he was sending her photos, he was sending her messages, and it was. On the list of the stuff and the sexual harassment, which we just saw GM get fired today for doing the same thing in baseball.
1: Hmm.
0: Right? Bad stuff. Yeah. But this happened, this lawsuit, I think, first got filed in 2019. And just in December of 2020, the lawsuit got the green light to move forward in court. So that's not over. That is still ongoing, that lawsuit. So that should be fun. Yeah. Well, not actually fun, but you know. Well, Bro Clay apparently has got what's coming to him at some point as well. I hope so. so. As for this match, though, Christian beats up Brett Del Rio with a little bit of help from Edge, who just honked his horn, and Del Rio <laughs> didn't know what to do with that.
2: <laughs> I'll never understand that. It's like, man.
0: He literally just said honk, honk, and then Del every Rio's like, what? single
2: every single wrestler has ADHD or something. Where they can't just focus
0: on getting the title, not even for a world championship. Mm-mm. So he's distracted. Christian knocks him off the ladder and climbs his way up and grabs his first ever world championship, and it's very emotional moment. I'll admit, yeah. yeah. Edge is there as his childhood best friend. And they embrace and they celebrate. And that was the dope moment. That's probably the best moment of the show, honestly. Yeah. Because that's what you think about, like, man, they've actually been friends since, like, sixth grade. Maybe younger than that. I don't know. And then they've won tag titles together. Edge has won a bunch of world titles. And then here they are. Christian finally gets his moment, son. He's a world champion. It's like, damn, like, that's pretty dope. Like, how many people can say that they've, their childhood friends, if they both lived out their childhood dreams together. like, Not many. That's a really cool moment. And then WWE said, psych! Forget that <laughs> moment. Christian, <laughs> you losing the title in two days. Because I know technically it yeah. happened on SmackDown so it aired on Friday, but yeah. in reality it happened on Tuesday. Christian never even got home with that title belt. <laughs> How crazy
2: is uh, that, bro? But hey, they had that moment for that night. They at least they didn't that take, moment. At least they didn't take it away from him that
0: night. That's true, but they had to get it on Randy Orton for some reason, and then Christian got it back, which is all right. Yeah, and right. they
2: swapped it a couple of times, right?
0: Yeah, weird. Christian's a multi-time world champion, which is all right, all right. That's fine. This you, you you did right by him at some point. He had a SummerSlam match out of it. He got a heel turn, heel run. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> then you had to beat him two days later, though. No. Damn, you
2: know, gotta wait until the next pay per view at least.
0: Something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, that was bad. So, you know what else is bad? This next match. (laughs) For the WWE Tag Mm -hmm. Team Championship. A Uh. Lumberjack match for the WWE Tag Team. What the hell? A Lumberjack Tag Team match? We got Big Show and Kane. Just in
2: case two people want to run
0: away. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though no one tried to run away during this match. Big Show and Kane defending their titles against... The core with two R's, <laughs> Ezekiel Jackson and the Intercontinental Champion Wade Barrett. Bad news, Barrett.
2: It wasn't bad. Do news. you remember the he core,
0: it? Nick? I do. He wasn't bad news yet, no. But yeah, it was great. What do you remember about the core?
2: It had two R's, and it was. Had <laughs> uh, a T-shirt. They did. They did, and it was like Wade Barrett and uh, Heath Slater, right? Um, What what was the storyline that they broke off of the Nexus, or were were they drafted to SmackDown? Oh, I couldn't remember the line. (laughs) I couldn't remember whether it was like they had a like a Nexus issue, and the core was the break off, or if they were drafted to SmackDown. But
0: I can tell you what the story was trash you want to (laughs) know there you go (laughs) 100 that's what it was the core the name itself is bad what the hell does that mean what is it what's the core the core. what the core of the the
2: nexus the core of the nexus but they could have just used that with one r and it would have been better i don't know why they needed two.
0: because wwe because to me it's like like corey <laughs> they so put an H in Karma. They put. What else they do? They put. uh, They do dumb stuff like that. What else they do? I can't think of it off the top of my head. X7, X8 for <laughs> WrestleMania. Gang Rules, LZ. Like, they just do yeah. stuff like that. They got to change it somehow to make it theirs and kind of unique. Even I mean, NXT yeah. is dumb. What is NXT? That's stupid. That's for the, like, the next generation. I got it. This. They call it next <laughs> but call that's it weird. NXT, NXT is an, it's a, Or call a it promo, something else. Promotion. Call they it lie. something else. Like Anything. F- F-CW? Creative. They're creative. <laughs> They're supposed to be creative. Anything. NXT. It really doesn't make any sense. It's like initials. What does the initials mean? I don't. Know. <laughs> hey, it's just next b- without the E. The world title
2: looks awesome because of the S. Does
0: it? Does. I'm not that's, not that's not not the that's point right. I'm making here. It's just the name itself <laughs> is dumb. That name existed before they the brand got good. They thought of that when it was just a reality show in twenty ten. <laughs> like you know it saying? brought back
2: the yellow ropes, so I was all for it.
0: It's literally next without an E. That's yeah, stupid. Exactly.
2: That's NXT, stupid. WWE the next generation down. of superstars. No. That That's what it is.
0: <laughs> nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh-oh. This match, though. I just looked around the ringside, looked at some of the people at ringside, and I noticed in pretty much this whole match, outside of Big Show and Kane, who will always be a part of WWE, there are only three guys or four guys involved in this match who are on the main roster today. <laughs> we got the Usos. <laughs> Titus O'Neill. <That's> t- <laughs> and I guess Wade Barrett because he's calling NXT now. Byron Saxton was there too. Oh, he was. I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. I, I saw um, ooh, who's Titus's partner. I'm not, not a Byron
2: Saxton fan,
0: huh? I forgot that Byron Saxton was a wrestler. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> like, your <honestly>. dog. <laughs> No, no, no. My dog. No, yeah. my dog is not a fan of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my girlfriend. He's. Annoying. So, according to Wikipedia, like to this, is, this is
2: the list. Uh, Johnny Curtis, that was Fandango, wasn't it?
0: Yes. So he's, he's still there, there. okay. No, take that back. He's this there. Is, this
2: is the list that's on Wikipedia. Santino, Primo, okay. but they're not there. So Titus, yeah. Nope.
0: Um, Vladimir Kozlov. Darren Young was his, <laughs> his partner's name.
2: Who? Vladimir Kozlov was there. I missed that. Oh, one.
0: my God. Remember oh. two years earlier, three years earlier, he was in main events. Yeah, he was. Now Triple he's H just a lumberjack.
2: Triple H and Jeff Hardy. I think he was like in the middle of all Man. that, or the Great Cowboys or something like that. He was like main event in SmackDown with Triple H, and I remember him being like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Right?
0: Nope.
2: But yeah, Byron Saxton was there apparently.
0: Oh, who had the cowboy that? hat? Was that Skip Sheffield? Uh, he's not on the list. Somebody had a cowboy hat. I don't know who that was. Champ
2: was there. Tyler Rex.
0: Tyler Rex.
2: Yoshi Tatsu. God. Heath Oh,
0: Yoshi Tatsu. I like Yoshi
2: Jacob Novak. I don't remember if that was somebody. I don't know who the hell that was? David Hart Smith was there. Connor hmm. O'Brien. I do not remember him. Who? Connor O'Brien. No idea. Who? Connor <laughs> O'Brien. I have no idea.
0: I know Conan uh, <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs>
2: Uh, Lucky Cannon, no idea.
0: So, Look. That's about it. That's another thing WWE had just doing terrible. They still do a bad job at it at some points to this day, but they had a whole influx of these people at that point because they didn't take anybody from other promotions who had established names. Yeah. Their names were trash. <laughs> like, Lucky Cannon, <laughs> Skip Sheffield, Justin Gabriel. They gave him that name, Justin Gabriel. Yeah. They gave him Heath Slater. Heath Slater. Evan Bourne. What? <laughs> Evan Bourne. At least he can go airborne with him. That's so, okay. Byron but Saxton. You say Connor O'Brien? Yeah. I don't want to see that guy fight. <laughs> I guess Kyle O'Reilly is a generic name too, but that's a name that had they had cachet behind it. So did Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. These guys had names cachet behind it. Samoa Joe. Yeah. But when they name a guy, they name him <laughs> trash. That's the name him. Baron <laughs> Corbin. <laughs> That's the name they give him. They're just uh, they're not good at names, bro. Not good at names. I'm, uh, but they, name you know, that,
2: one name that I really like, by the way, Finn Balor. I think that's without... Finn Balor's a dope, no. It's without yeah. the WWE uh, test.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somehow, they got him right. They could have messed it up all bad. I remember when Samoa Joe first signed. It's like, are they going to call him Joey Samoe? <laughs> <laughs> like, <Try> <laughs> <somebody>. <laughs> like, Finn no. Balor, though. That's a dope name. Yeah. Finn. So, move on from that. Cause, oh, Kane and Big Show won. And nobody <laughs> cared.
2: Uh, this is when the tag titles so. like,
0: were not even anything. Nope. They should was find just them one, uh,
2: one set of tag team titles by this point.
0: Yes. Yep, so. Which I am a fan of. I think they should do that yeah. again. It's just yeah. also when you do that, make them important.
2: Yeah, it's too hard, man.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it ain't. Moving on from that, we got a promo for the the real story of WrestleMania documentary, which is not necessarily the real story. It's just WWE (laughs) story about WrestleMania. (laughs) But the promo for the documentary featured Donald Trump. Huh. Huh. And who will be in a couple hours, our former US president. Um, What a shame. I actually saw this documentary though. Oh yeah? Did you? No, I did not. Uh, it's I mean it's old now, so I wouldn't go back, go back and watch it if I were you. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, but at the time when I did watch it, which I, I don't know how I watched it at that point. It was pretty good. I mean, it was okay. Like I said, it's a lot of revisionist history from WWE. They mm-hmm. make it seem like you know, just they, you know, you know how they do it. They pump the tires and stuff like that. Yep. But it was it was okay. They got some good footage in it. They got some good behind the scenes footage of like WrestleMania nine, you know, and stuff like that when. You know, they're backstage and they're showing the rehearsals and stuff like that. I thought that was good footage and stuff like that. Um, so that's really the only thing I really liked. it. It's just seeing some of the footage that you have never really seen before of the setup of the shows and the behind-the-scenes stuff. The stories they tell, who cares? But I, I remember one <laughs> thing on that documentary was that I think Triple H said that the sh- they, they talk about the streak. And I think Triple H was like, yeah, I don't think the streak should ever end. And then mm. it ended a couple years later. Mm. Golly, it shouldn't <laughs> have happened. Ugh. So we move on now to the main event of the evening. (laughs) Okay, Michael. Right. That sounded pretty good there. (laughs) Triple threat match. Triple threat cage match, which sounds sounds very unnecessary. (laughs) Could have just had a one on one match, but John Morrison got involved somehow. Got John Morrison, The Miz, and John Cena with all the rules in play. Pin, submission, and escape. And uh, we've talked about it on the podcast before. But the escape rule is trash. It needs to go. It sucks. Pin of submit. That's it. It's a cage match. Why are people running away from each other? Yeah.
2: Cena running away from
0: somebody just trying to escape. It's lame, man. It's lame. It's super lame. One thing I noticed, though. John Cena made his entrance. We didn't hear any John Cena sucks chants.
1: Hmm.
0: And I was just curious, like, when did that start? Was <sighs> it after The Rock, I guess? I don't know. Maybe the CM Punk time? I don't know. But it was, I didn't hear it t- on this night. I'm so used to hearing it. Even like now, they like do it out of like admiration, like Kurt Angle when they say you suck. Yeah. And now they do the John Cena sucks thing. It's kind of the same thing.
2: It's kind of like to his theme. So I don't know if, yeah, it was, right. uh, Maybe CM Punk. What what was it? uh, Maybe it was in Chicago and Money in the Bank first match with CM Punk and maybe it was like that crowd that started it. You would think like that crowd would probably start it. But yeah, off the top of my head, I do not remember.
0: Hmm. Another thing was that John Cena, we got to hand him his flowers. And He's got enough flowers. Obviously, he's rich behind his wildest dreams. He's doing movies, but like I think, just as a wrestling fans, and I think I said this a couple years ago on the podcast, we're gonna miss John Cena when he's gone because we gotta we gotta put we gotta put him in proper perspective. Like his peak, his time on top started when he won a title in 05. right? Mm-hmm. But they really, really moved him to the forefront when they went to PG. That was when Cena really, really took over as the face of the company. Because he was hurt a little bit in 08 and 07. And when 09 hit, he was back and in, in full force and he's ready to go. And mm-hmm. they ran with him. He was top merch seller. He really was the reason why people, a lot of people were buying tickets because kids were super into him. And that's not an easy, um, you know, cross to bear, like being the top guy. Now, the problem was he was the top guy for a long time. (laughs) That's (laughs) what the issue that people ran into. Yeah, Because Hogan, he was on top for a while, and even he got a little stale with the fans at the end. Austin, his time on top got taken away from him. The Rock went to Hollywood. (laughs) Cena was on top from, you could argue from 05 until recently. (laughs) But I really think he really, really got his place, even though he was main event. He had already main evented WrestleManias and stuff like that. I think When they went PG and he was fully healthy again. Because remember he was hurt in 08 with the neck injury. And he came back or in 07, then he came back in 08 with the rumble. Then he got hurt again in 08, and he was out for a while. For a couple months at least. But in 09 he was healthy and they went they were in PG and they it's like, here's the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. And it was like a perfect marriage with him, he changed his gear. He wasn't the Chain Gang anymore, it was a C Nation. It wasn't the FU. It was the attitude adjustment. He started wearing the brighter shirts. He had the orange one, and yeah. he had the, the red one tonight, and he had the purple one at a certain point I think, 2010. All these different shirts and stuff like that. I remember, like, I remember in 2010, I went to my first wrestling show. It was a Raw in Philly. And the number of orange John Cena shirts, it was just like, damn, they really love this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like he he was a big star for WWE. He was a moneymaker for WWE. All right. Again, the mm-hmm. problem was he was on top for too long, and then when they tried to kind of replace him with a guy, no one was really accepting of that guy. And that was Roman Reigns, until honestly, recently, right? Uh, but Cena. Yeah. The thing about yeah. s- go ahead. Uh
2: yeah i I still it's hard for me to look past like i i think maybe they were gonna try with daniel bryan but he just couldn't stay healthy yeah that's once, true yeah once i can't he came I can't back, skip over daniel bryan once he came back when the intercontinental title and got hurt again i think yeah that's finally when they were like nah like he can't be the guy which is why what, th- when brian was retired, cleared, yeah and then when he came back from retirement which is why i don't think he was put right in the main event to be with he eventually became champion again which is just crazy to think about but a lot of people think you know WWE did Daniel Bryan dirty and that's probably the one I'm not going to defend WWE like at all but that's probably the one case where I'll say their decision making uh didn't seem suspect just based off Daniel Bryan's health at that point uh he just couldn't replace John Cena it was you know that was it
0: that and that's hundred percent fair. Can't skip over Daniel Bryan because he wasn't positioned to be the guy, and he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, and then Roman Reigns came along it. and just <laughs> right. And yeah, they did. They backed into it, and then he he wasn't really put in position by WWE <laughs> per se. Right, right. Um, but then Roman Reigns came along and it just didn't work until recently. But Cena, the thing about Cena was that he was always talented, and I think that. Over the years, he got better because he did uh, evolve. He evolved his game over time, Mm -hmm. especially in 2015 when he won the U.S. title and he started doing open challenges. And people was like, "Yo,
2: that's what he got me."
0: (laughs) Right, Cena can go. Like, but also he's working with different talent too. See, back in this this time period, he's working with guys who came up in that WWE system. They work WWE style, Right. right? So the matches. While good, Cena could still... I I wouldn't say they sucked. I wouldn't say they sucked. I mean, even though I will say they were repetitive in that he would get beat up for 30 minutes, and in the 31st minute, he would come back, hit uh, (laughs) attitude adjustment, and win. So they were kind of repetitive in some respects. This match right here was a pretty good match. I enjoyed it. Cena did some stuff. He did a monkey flip, something like that. But then, over time, as WWE started getting... New talent, you know, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, uh, Finn Balor, those guys like that. Seth Rollins, even and Roman Reigns, guys like that. He changed his style a little bit to adapt to these guys, and his matches only got better. The match he had with AJ Styles, the two matches he had with AJ Styles at SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble, fantastic. The matches he would have with Seth Rollins and even Brock Lesnar, that triple threat match they had, incredible. Uh, the match he had with matches he had with Daniel Bryan were great. The matches he had with who I'm thinking about here. He had Kevin Owens. Yeah, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Those matches were fantastic.
1: Yep.
0: You know what I'm saying? And he's had some other matches recently that you I mean, go, man. Those are those are good, man. Like, Nakamura, go. Nakamura, on SmackDown.
2: You remember that?
0: Yeah, Nakamura beat him. <laughs> yeah. You everyone know, was like, like "What?"
2: <laughs> right. I. Everyone is me. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was everyone. But. He adapted the style. He evolved. And kudos to him. And now he's yeah, he, doing his thing. He didn't own have thing. to do that.
2: He could have went off to yeah. Hollywood and done his thing. Maybe not get as big as The Rock, but he probably had a, w- a well-made career path if he just decided to do that. But he didn't. He no, decided to he, do both.
0: Yeah, he did both for a while. Yeah. And again, he was, he was working. He was working, yeah. bro. Yep. He wasn't mailing it in. He was working, working. And... To stay on top as long as he did. Yeah, it was too long. Not his decision. It's WWE's decision. I'm sure he has something to say about it, too. I'm sure. But (laughs) stay on top as long as he did. Keep his nose out of trouble, too. Yeah, longer
2: than Hogan.
0: Yeah, and Austin. All those guys. Yeah. yeah. And and there was no controversy surrounding him. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, the most controversial thing that happened was that he wouldn't marry Bree Bella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was pretty Nikki, much Nikki, Nikki. Nikki Bella, yes. Of course, is <laughs> with Daniel Bryan. I said Brie. Nikki Bella, of course. Uh-oh. Love triangle. No, that'd,
2: that'd be a love, love square. Triangle. That'd be a love square. Love
0: square. But that was the most controversial controversy he had on Total Divas, that he wouldn't marry Nikki Bella. And it was funny yeah, to have him and... <laughs> Him and Daniel Bryan were like almost in-laws. Yeah, <laughs> like how crazy would that Family, be.
2: Hilarious. <laughs> I wanted that to happen just for that.
0: I did too. <laughs> <laughs> just so it could be family. Yeah. But I remember it was I, I remember I watched one episode. I don't I don't know why I watched this episode of Total Divas. When Nikki and no, it was I think Cena went to visit uh Nikki and Cena went to visit Daniel Bryan's like parents or something like that in Washington. And he was just like, "Why would you want to live here? Like, there's nothing here. <laughs> 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 no, nothing but woods here. Like, are you sure you want to live here, Bree? <laughs> like, <laughs> not knowing that Bree was all about it. Like, yeah. But um, yeah. Like, so that was like the most controversial thing that happened. It was on a stupid reality show. But yeah, like we got to give Cena his flowers, man. He, he 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 was dope, and and yeah, he was not appreciated as much as he should. have. but that's again, that's WWE's fault. He was always a baby face. We all thought he should turn heel, and he never turned heel." Um, that whole thing, WWE could have made better booking decisions with him, including him just dismantling the Nexus single handedly yeah. at SummerSlam 2010. Um, that could have
2: been like a perfect, the way, you know, Goldberg was supposed to run roughshod through the NWO. You could have seen it do that to the Nexus. And, you know, it was, it was right there for the taking. Like, it's almost like they backed into the Nexus too. And then they just didn't know what to do with them. It's like, man, it could have been so good.
0: But around the same time, he also put over CM Punk. Yeah, yep. you know, made him a star. So
2: maybe he knew the end game that he was eventually going to be champion again. But you know, we yeah. don't have that history of him being like that. You know, being a po- po- politician backstage and whatever. He just does what he's told. You know, the politicians tell him what to do. He doesn't tell. Them I'm what sure to he
0: doing. he's played some type of politics at some point. Yeah, think right. All the top guys do, I think. Well,
2: I would think maybe to put over guys like the Kevin Owens, the AJ Styles, I would hope. He did put over all those guys. Hopefully that's the type of leader he was at that point. He did put
0: over all those guys we are mentioning Like he He
2: beat them, but he also, in in the same vein. They also beat him. They beat him, and that's where you had, like, that was the difference from 2011, 2012, to yeah. 2015, 2016, 2017.
0: I think he, I think he realized at some point, he's like, yo, I gotta start pissing people over. Yeah, because in 2010, 2011, he was putting nobody over. No, <laughs> like not at virtually all. Virtually nobody. I mean, sh- we talked about Sheamus. He was like one of the few guys that beat him. Yeah, everybody else is losing. Then you had like and the I guess Miz. The Miz is up there. The yeah. Miz
2: didn't really he. he- to me, the Miz became better after this. So, and then you had like R Truth in the main event. Like he beat him, and then you didn't hear from R Truth again in like right. the main event. Remember he beat oh, Mark Henry, Bobby, La- Bobby Lashley. I think he faced in the main event at yeah. some pay per view, and Bobby Lashley wasn't in the pa- in the main event after that again. It's like he
0: beat Mark Henry in 2013, and I was yeah, like, oh, which God, like, God, it was
2: so perfect for Mark Henry just to win, and that was in Philly right. too.
0: That was in Philly. Money in the bank. Money in the bank, man. Mm. So yeah, we got to hand John Cena his flowers. Uh, super talented. And was a great top guy for the company. I mean if you want a top guy, Mm -hmm. you probably want to pick Cena as a guy who great with the media, kept his nose out of trouble, didn't have any controversies outside of not wanting to marry his girlfriend (laughs) and And not wanting a family. (laughs) Not wanting a family, right? Didn't have any kids, nothing like that. (laughs) How dare he?
2: How dare he?
0: Right. So, you know. But uh he did propose to her in the ring, right? At WrestleMania, oh, yeah. that one year, which yeah. we all saw through, and I was like, "That's fake. That's not real." Yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody buying that nonsense. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, I appreciate John Cena, man. He was, he was was, was. was he your favorite? Probably not, but he he worked his ass off, though. I give him credit. He did. I give him credit. John Cena's theme was also dope too. I always thought his theme yeah, was, was think dope. Yeah, I one
2: of the themes that. Uh, I think will always uh, withstand the test of time.
0: Yeah. I I could, like, rock
2: out to that. With my windows down, I could rock out to that.
0: Oh, yeah. Bump, bump bump, turn the sound. Turn that up. (laughs) Turn that up. (laughs) (laughs) Brush your mouth like Colgate. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He had some bars back in the day. That's right. But... Booker T, at one point, asked if The Miz's 159-day title reign. He's like, that's got to be some sort of record, right? No. What are you talking about, Booker T? What? Real San Martino had a title for seven years. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? That's, like, the longest title reign in wrestling history. Seven years. You're talking about 159 days? Diesel had it for a long-ass time.
2: Yeah. Huh? yeah.
0: And then later this year, CM Punk would start his 434-day reign. Yeah. <laughs> which is the longest one in the last like, quarter century. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, it was 2011. That's incredible. Yeah. I keep thinking it was 2012, it in, but yeah, 2011.
0: He lost it in early 2013. Yep. <laughs> like, the rock. The rock long. Of, of all people, yeah. too. Right. So, stop it. 159 <laughs> days that's chump change <laughs> so the match is again pretty standard people try to escape and stuff like that um one thing i noticed is when they did like a tower of boom suplex spot oh, the miz took dude, a pretty bad bump that, on that
2: i don't know how i got off from that man it was like a brain they, and they pointed it out yeah they did see they did the slow motion the way i like where they, it was slow upon impact. I hate when they just did do the slow motion in the air, which makes no sense at all. You want to slow motion the impact. If, if you're, like, trying to get across what you're trying to tell, the story you're trying to tell, which is another reason why right. I hate Kevin Dunn, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they pretty sure they did the, if, if I remember correctly, they did the slow motion as he was sitting the mat, and you could just see it. It's like, oh, that definitely didn't look good
0: no no that that looked rough that looked rough uh eventually r-truth comes out he beats up john morrison and i put that r-truth i mean he was goofy but he had great intensity as a heel like i believed he was really upset yeah yeah he came out and was beating up, up John when, Morrison. what he did
2: when he kicked him i was like oh no he's gonna fall out of the ring but then he like kind of caught him a little bit afterwards like oh, there you he, go. Did. <laughs> he did
0: he did but that's what, like they, he, he, Archie had something when he turned heel, and they just made yeah. him a goof. He came out yeah. in the Confederate uniform, which is like, what the hell? You he had this black man dressed in the Confederate uniform or something like? Wasn't it Confederate uniform? And like before he went against John Cena, oh man, he just went crazy, and he got little Jimmy and all that stuff. It was just Maybe. It was bizarre stuff. But that's, that's
2: going to have have to be something we do a deep dive on that pay per view.
0: We got to look. I'm sure. Don't Uh, want to. I don't want to go back to 2011. Maybe not anytime soon. But um, yeah, I'm sure. Chris Johnson, we love you. Highlights. Thanks for your patronage. But (laughs) 2011 is rough. I hope you enjoyed yourself (laughs) at the show, though. I hope. I'm I'm sure it was better in the arena, bro. Hey, very uh, memorable.
2: For more than more than just wrestling. More than just wrestling.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, Cena wins the match. <laughs> he hit <had> an <laughs> attitude adjustment from the top Off rope. Off the top row Avalanche attitude adjustment. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I've never heard of that.
0: I'm pretty sure Mauro, Mauro or Nalo has said that on NXT at some point. Um, but he hit it. He pinned Demiz, and he won his 10th world championship. Of course, he would go on to win six more. He is a 16-time world champion tie in the record with Ric Flair, he tied it at Royal Rumble 2017 when he beat AJ Styles. He promptly lost it the next month to Bray Wyatt, who then had the worst <laughs> WWE title match in recent memory with Randy <laughs> Orton. That's neither here nor there. So, <laughs> ten-time champion for John Cena, um, his first time in ten months, nearly a year since he won. Like, oh my God, yeah. he went ten whole months without being champion. When oh, oh. supposed to feel bad for the ten-time champion here, but. <laughs> I put, you know, at the end, if you ordered this pay per view when it happened in 2011, or maybe if you went to this show, if you were like Chris Johnson and went to the show in 2011, I guess you got your money's worth. You you <laughs> saw two title changes, you saw a couple of good matches at that time, and you told me this. This was a well received show by the critics. Yeah. Which I can see. Like I said, two title changes, a couple of good matches for 2011. This was a good show. In hindsight. Don't think so. <laughs> I'm just sorry. So it's funny. It does not stand the test of time.
2: I went to the match list on Wikipedia and then read kind of a summary, and it was up uh, 209,000 buys uh, from last year's event in 2010, which was 182,000. So uh, a lot of uh, interest in this uh, pay-per-view. And then, uh, where did I see that? Uh, This was, there was a critic that wrote some crazy thing. Okay, Uh, Rob McNichol of The Sun reported that the event was a stunning return to form by WWE. What? Return to form? (laughs) What form? Hey, not any form that we liked. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
0: what? Return to form would have been, it would have been dope back in like 2000. That's the form that we wanted not
2: what what form i I don't know man
0: stunning return to form people that's just a critic just writing some nonsense rob (laughs) mcnichol getting
2: (laughs) that paycheck by wwe
0: (laughs) i didn't go that far but that's rough return (laughs) to form okay that's that's absurd (laughs) what form what does that mean
2: that WWE's back, baby. The power is
0: back. Return to form. <laughs> they had this was a this show is not the norm. This is extreme rules. <laughs> so what form? With zero
2: extreme gonna go, rules matches.
0: <laughs> right. They're gonna do another show next month. There's nothing like this. You're gonna hate that show. At least if you think this is the return to form.
2: Uh, guess what their next pay per view was?
0: Capital punishment. Right. O-
2: over the limit. Oh, and over then, the limit. And There's then capital punishment. punishment was the week after, or the month after. So. Stop. this is a bad Turn year for pay-per-view names really bad year
0: it was over the limit it's not good capital punishment get out of here i don't believe in capital, capital punishment.
2: punishment by the way replaced fatal four-way
0: from the year prior trash <laughs> trash that's probably the worst pay-per-view name of all time no at least or the least creative no over the limit is absolutely brutal no over the limit i'd much rather this fatal does fatal four-way deserve a pay-per-view name no, well, no, no match.
2: match do, no match does. Hell in the cells. Bad elimination chamber is bad. TLC is bad.
0: I'll take elimination uh, chamber or Money in the Bank or Royal Rumble. Money in the Bank's the only one that I four-way.
2: like. Money in the Bank's the only one I like.
0: You don't like Royal Rumble? Oh well, yeah.
2: I mean, I meant like of okay. the those names, the new names,
0: those current ones. Yes, new ones. Fatal Four Way is the worst. Come on now, <laughs> did they have Triple Threat or one on one? tag team match before, what It's Then they just had to show full of fatal four way matches that was trash that was big trash um <laughs> this show wasn't big trash but it wasn't not it didn't stand the test of time necessarily so I don't know if you had any final thoughts on this show before we wrap it up uh
2: no but it was uh it, I like going back in this era even though I wasn't a fan uh, as much as I had been uh, because there were some good stuff Uh, There were some good stuff. There was some good stuff going on here, but uh, not the best era by any means. Uh, But we kind of like got. John Morrison was like a weird nerd, and it kind of like shaped him into who he was today. So I kind of like going back and seeing how they how these superstars have evolved uh, throughout because. Morrison left for, like, what, eight years and then came back? So he was gone for quite a while, quite a while. And now he's back doing the same stuff with The Miz. But I don't know, I find that entertaining. But for this, just to see, I totally forgot he was, like, this parkour king and doing all this stuff. And he was a baby face. And him and The Miz weren't even a team back then at this point. And it's just kind of, like, interesting to look at 10 years ago and how much I – don't remember versus how much i do remember
0: it's just this time period was a rough time period to watch it's kind of boring yeah honestly yeah. When, I, when we go back and watch like the wcw stuff in the 90s yeah and some of that stuff it's like it just felt like it had more juice and more energy and you mentioned it earlier that the crowd sometimes was just sitting on their hands mm-hmm. they didn't really have a reason to get up and cheer like it was just mm-hmm. like paint by numbers type of stuff that ww would do in this time period. and still do to this day a lot of times um, just There's no fans in the stands to not cheer. Uh, they can pipe in their own cheering now, but <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Chris, thank you for your patience, though, man. Like We really appreciate it. We're going to yeah. get to your other uh, requests as well in the future, and if you want, again, you want to be like Chris, you want to have your show get a deep dive on, on on one of our podcasts here, one of our episodes, head over to patreon.com slash Radio, and put in your requests and yeah we may not love the show we may not love the time period but damn it we're gonna do it because we love you all out there thank you for listening to us thank you for being fans of us thank you to chris johnson for being such a big fan of the straight shooters we really appreciate you and we appreciate all you guys who listen to the show each and every week yes it's just like what i did throwback thursday at philly.com it was just like people were sending me stuff and i'm like damn do i really want to watch that okay they asked for it and this is one of them <laughs> Well, we will happily, still happily, fulfill the request because we love you. Again, we love you all uh, out there who support us and have been supporting us for for the last what six years now. We're going into Oof, with this yeah. podcast Ow. since twenty fifteen. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate you guys. Honestly, this is not even a joke. We appreciate all the support and we appreciate you guys heading over the Patreon and putting in your requests. But until the next request and the next episode, which we're doing another episode this week, don't get don't don't forget. We are doing I believe War Rumble 91, right Nick? Yeah, sure. Yes, 1991 91 War Rumble 30 years ago this month. Um That's 92 War Rumble. i know, like, what about 92? Well, we did a live commentary about that back in like 2016, 2015. Yeah, yeah it'll so be go on check our it out.
2: It'll be on our feed as well. So, uh refresh yeah. our feed if you don't see it. I'll be re-uploading that classic episode. Such yes. a great episode, and the audio is included, so you will hear Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan in the background as we live commentate, so it's right. makes it we even better. We just did
0: the Royal, R- Royal Rumble match, by the way. Yes. We didn't do the entire show, just yeah. the Royal Rumble match. That's the only yeah. thing really worth watching on the show anyway, um, but so if you want to check that out, it'll be it's in the archives, or like Nick said, it'll be in the feed sometime this week anyway, but we're going to do 1991 Royal Rumble as well that be episode 269. Uh, but yeah, we're still taking this request though, people. So keep sending them in. But until next time, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please.
2: All right. Follow us at shooters radio on Twitter. We are at Facebook at facebook.com slash shooters radio. And you can follow me at Nick Bacone on Twitter and follow or listen to this podcast, phillyvoice.com phillyvoice.com and phillyinfluencer.com.
0: You can check me out at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Can't find me on there. You might be able to find me out here in these streets, but probably not because we're still in the middle of this damn pandemic. Almost a year in yep. <laughs> to this pandemic, man. Uh, but yeah, check out my writing at philadelphiaeagles.com. I got some good stuff coming down the pike pretty soon. Check me out there. Some Black History Month themed stuff. Some real deep, in-depth stories uh, about some of the first black players in Eagles history. It's coming out soon. Uh, So check it out again, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. But for Nick Picone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 268 of The Straight Shooters. And we'll catch you all again next week. Or next time, I should say. Not next week, (laughs) but next time because we're doing another show this week. Peace. (laughs)